I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth, the only men who have heard Chemo Timonen's secret country western album. Yeah, God, that Flyers-Devils games have actually been pretty good this year for the Flyers. And tonight's was exciting, but they went and blew it. They blew it big time. Yeah. And uh, no fun. No good. Yeah. I mean, there really wasn't... They, I don't know how they don't come away with a point out of that whole situation, but I, I did... I mean, I just I had a weird night overall, honestly. It was just like over. So the Flyers didn't get anything out of the night, but you got plenty, apparently. I, I, I guess, if you want to call it taking something away. I just had uh, real salty Devils fans in my mentions. I don't know why, either. It was just... Ew. <laughs> That's, that sounds very gross. Yeah, well, I, well yeah, I'm talking about Jersey here, but I... The whole thing. Devil's Twitter, is, it just sounds like a dark place full of despair and inferiority it's complexes. The, yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the real, it's the real dark web, is what we're. Uh... When you've got <laughs> the real dark web, I like that. I mean, when you've got a fan base that insists on saying Rangers suck at games in which the Rangers don't play, you guys have some issues you need to work out. Yeah, I think the other thing too is, uh, I think they came out swinging tonight because. Uh, I, I looked at a couple of their profiles, and a bunch of them are Devils and also Giants fans. So, uh, oh, poor, <laughs> poor baby, delicious oh. tears. But I think okay. So the big thing was uh, the 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 Zajac uh, Gudas fight. I, I I thought the punch at the end by Zajac was dirtier than the hit by Gudas, which I will talk about in a second. But I did, I just figured that out. I said the Zajac punch while the two were on the ice was dirtier than the hit. And that was a punch while they were headed to the ice, right? Zajac just kind of oh, they were, sucker punched yeah, them I, while they were going down. I think they were already on the ice, and like Zajac was on top, and then he just loaded up one more time and took a swing at him, which is usually like once they get to the ice, the fight is done, but Zajac decided to uh, keep going a little bit. But uh tweeted that out. I guess somebody on Devil's Twitter retweeted it because then in a span of like four minutes, I got a bunch of replies, and most of them were just like no or like uh the crying laughing emoji thing so uh but uh, the one guy quote tweeted it and said maybe Gouda should learn how to fight if he's going to keep being the dirtiest player in hockey which is a i guess a fair uh, assessment of the situation except my thing was it wasn't really Gouda's losing the fight like he just kind of got like cheap shot at the end you know it wasn't a thing where like Gouda's ran this guy and then got you know got hit with like eight haymakers in a fight it was just like they both tussled to the ground and then he got cold cocked before they got separated uh and i said uh zajac really didn't win that fight which maybe maybe not the best response to have to a guy that you know apparently seemed like a pretty obvious twitter troll 
And then uh, he responded with, Zay Jack destroyed him, don't kid yourself. And then one of his uh, Jersey jabronis responded with, Jesus, what was this guy even watching? And I went back and I uh, took the video that we put up of Zay Jack and Gouda's fighting, which was a pretty nothing fight. And, like, at the beginning of the fight, Zay Jack threw a bunch of punches and, like, really quick. But, like, the thing is, is, like, he didn't land on, he didn't land any of them. They were all just, like, the, the forearm hit Gouda's shoulder and, like, they all just kind of missed, like, Gouda's head. And then they kind of, like, hugged each other for a bit. And then Zay Jack did I mean, tackle him. So. Craig, I went to my first ever re- live wrestling event this weekend. I mean, wrestling's not my thing. Yeah. My buddy had a ticket and wanted somebody to go with it. I'm like, yeah, let's try something new. And I got to say, that sounds like a lot of the punches I saw that night. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it looked like. And it minus the whole uh, punch at the end. And I so I responded to him. I was like, I you know, the, here's the video. No, he didn't. And then the guy, the guy responds with, it's really a shame Gudis can still walk. So... I uh, I think Ooh. I think really the 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 two lessons to learn from tonight, which I don't know how many times we're going to have to say about Flyers games when they have a lead in the third period, but don't sit back on leads because that never ends well, as illustrated by no. tonight. And then also just don't I I want to say don't tweet and exchange with Jersey people, but really don't tweet and also just don't talk to people. I mean that's pretty much what you got to do. If you just yeah, if you just, I, I think maybe just text your friends yeah. and, and say like. God, those Jersey fans are terrible, and that's pretty much it. No, just don't never tweet. I, you know, why, why are we even live, on social media? Let's live just your life. Delete your yeah, account. Live your life in isolation. Just move into the woods. Just don't. No communication at all. Just learn about what happened to these flyers years from now, and it's probably better for your health if you just like learn like three or four years from like, oh, this coach kind of sucks, and this team isn't that great. So that's probably. how Tim Thomas oh. keeps up with the Bruins. <laughs> that's how Tim. Yeah. Oh, good old Timmy Thomas, but. Timmy Tom. That was, yeah, Tim Tom. Yeah, that was that was my night uh, overall. Uh, I see on a level with you. I didn't enjoy tonight's game. It was not a uh, it was not a fun outcome. Uh, no, could have easily no, it had it. Uh, a lot of annoying factors keep rearing their ugly head. Uh, personnel usage, uh, penalty kill was once again pretty poor, uh, and then the willingness to just kind of sit back and hope they get a point with the lead in the third period led them to not getting any single point at all against the team that they probably need to come away with points uh most critical matchup like in the standings because it's the two teams that were currently in the wild card spots so uh not good not a fan no not great not great and the the last three games have been less than ideal for the philadelphia flyers uh, losing pretty handily to the Tampa Bay lightning, despite the fact yep. that they put a ton of shots on same thing with Washington, Washington capitals. They put a bunch of shots on and they still lost. And uh, it has not been a good run for the flyers, but yeah. the wins before that people were saying were pretty lucky wins. So I think, well, I think the annoying thing about the lightning and the caps losses were they came out really, really strong. The, the problem with this team for years, I felt like has just been, they come out and have the flattest first periods known the man. And then against the Lightning, the best team in hockey, they came out, I think they outshot them 9-3 to three in the first period. Like, they played pretty well in the first period. It was just Vasilevsky kind of stood on his head. And it was the classic classic hockey situation where uh, one team dominates, goalie has an answer for everything, and the other team comes down the ice and scores on, like, one of their first few attempts. So once Braden Point scored in the second period, that was 
you kind of knew what kind of night you were going to be in for. And then the Caps loss was just that was great first period. Great first period, and yeah. And then Michael Nor- just garbage after Michael that. Michael Nor- like the Michael Norworth that first goal was pretty preventable. The second goal, man, Brandon Manning. I, I mean. We could honestly just talk about Brandon Manning all night because he's had he's, the man dog. He's had a couple really bad games here. Like he was pretty bad again tonight, but like last night, last night I think my frustration level with the Mannings game last night was the equivalent of, and I don't know if you're gonna remember this, but the the McDonald game last year against the Coyotes in Philadelphia, where the Coyotes won five to four. And I think McDonald and Provorov were on the ice for four of those goals. But it was a thing where McDonald was visibly like he was the one who was at fault for all four of those goals. But near to the end of the game, McDonald scored. So then people can be like, oh, McDonald's doing his part. And it's like, no, no, he's not. He fucked up this game. <laughs> like, Just remember, like, Craig, he's a top six defenseman. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, that whole fucking... But like, <laughs> I, but like the thing. So Manning like had a absolutely horrendous night, and then he fought. Uh, I don't know. He fought somebody at the end that didn't really go too well. But he did that, so then it can be the whole intangibles thing, and he remains in the lineup. And it's like, well, awesome. I mean, he doesn't deserve to be in the lineup. And he fought again tonight, which was after the whole. I, I mean, we can talk about that real quick. Uh, what, what what do you think of that Gouda's head? Because I, I, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to it. but what, what are you, I feel like I, I need to watch it again, to be completely honest with okay, you. Okay, that's fair. I, I don't have a ton of thoughts off the top of my head, but I'm going to go queue it up and watch it again, and uh, we'll have a nice edition of... Oh, I already found it. Steve watches, watches the thing. Things. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll talk about Steve watches a thing. But I'll just... I, so here's my thing. I'm not going to defend Gudis. Like, I know Gudis' reputation. I know Gudis is a dumbass on the ice a fair amount of the time. And I know he's pretty reckless. I just, I don't, I really, I don't, I don't know if this falls into that category. I don't know if... Right, I, so I'm I'm watching it now, and the, my lack of a, oh, or oof, I think really sums up my feelings more than what I'm about to say. But no, it doesn't, it's not great, because the guy's head hits the ice. Yeah pretty bad Paul Mary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paul Mary. yeah Paul Mary. So Paul Mary's head hits the ice. That's not good, but good clearly aims for the chest. If it's a head hit, if it's a, you know, well, he leaves his, his one foot, which is obviously an issue, the, but the, I don't know. I've seen a lot worse. No, the problem is, is Paul Mary didn't have the puck either was the whole factor. Right, right. I, I right. was. I, I guess I'm more focused on the fact that, like, look, I've seen guys get hit without the puck. Whatever. Um, it's part of the game. It's it's usually a penalty, and it should be a penalty. But I mean, it's not nearly the dirtiest hit I've seen. It's not even the dirtiest Gouda's hit I've seen in the past month. Well, or two. yeah, that's what, so that's what I'm saying. I thought it was more the thing where he saw Simmons at the last second and tried to jump out of the way to miss him, and Paul Mary was right there, and I. I know how that sounds. I just, I really, I don't know. I don't know. He, he levels him, but it's not a headshot. It's not like a malicious, like, I'm going to screw this guy up and hit him right through the board yeah. kind of hit. I, 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 it's not great, but it's not like one of those guys. The NHL has got some indefensible issues and really he should be kicked out of the league now. Uh, it's not one of those. I mean, I saw one of those tweets though. Somebody's calling for a 40 game suspension from like a not 
uh, idiotic uh, source, but I, I, I think it was just, I think what you're saying is kind of how I feel, though. Like, if Gudis is one of those guys where he doesn't do anything discreetly, like, if he really wanted to knock Palmieri out there, he would have probably put an elbow to his head and then probably looked for, like, got up and looked around for a fight, I feel like. But, like, I, the fact that, I, I don't know. I, this could be something where tomorrow I sound like an idiot and they're talking about, like, suspending him for the rest of the season or something. So, I don't know. I just don't think this was as... I mean, it's no Scott Stevens. Yeah, yet. it's not, like, the prototypical Gudis being Gudis moment, I felt like. I thought it was... Right. Like, he was skating back to the point, saw Simmons at the last second, and, I don't know, I feel like that's the thing you do. Like, if you if you ever played, like, hockey or basketball and you just kind of see somebody in your path at the last second, you kind of jump out of the way and... Right. Every right. once in a while you run into somebody else. I mean, but like I get, you know, it's fucking Gudis, so there can always be intent there. And I know how the optics are on that and everything. But I, I'll be the only person who I guess says I, I don't really know if there's anything wrong with that hit. So I'm excited to be on uh, uh, Puck Soup next week and get mocked for my tweet. So I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. <laughs> that is 100%. Yeah. That is 100% like prime Wyshynski podcast. Oh yeah. Flyers fan, your Devils, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to take off next week and lose like 300 followers because of that, but whatever. Um, no, you can just buy them back. Oh yeah. Do the whole Rip McKendry and get them all back. Uh, Devils, yeah. uh, besides that though, I felt like, uh, I did like the new line. So it's frustrating because I like the line of, uh, wheel Lawton and, uh, raffle. Kind of, kind of a slower-paced line. Not slow in terms of speed, but like I guess low event, I should say. They just right, right. But I mean, your third line, you don't necessarily want. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll take the high event line if you can have a third line of that. But you kind of want a defensively sound third line, one that's just going to do their job, not going to make mistakes. They're going to drive play. That kind of line's great. Uh, You certainly don't want what the new fourth line is of Silpula. Latera and uh, Lear, Jordan Lear. Yeah, or not Jordan Lear, Taylor Lear. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. But the annoying part is, is so the third line though they they just kind of held onto the puck in the offensive zone and were creating plays that way and had a fair amount of chances. But I mean, that's pretty much what the Honey Bees. Yeah, have. unfortunately though, they were on the ice for both goals against, I believe, and then the fourth line was on the ice for Shane Gostigar's only even strength goal. Uh, the third one was on the ice for the only even strength goals against. So. I mean, I will say Phil Pilla made a, a pretty nice play to get the, the puck on net yeah. in the first place well, for that one. But, Le- I mean... Lear made a good play, too, to get... Like, it was a lucky break that it went all the way over to Gossespear, but Lear did make a good play to drive the net there. Hey, I got no problem but, with Lear. Yeah. It's Phil Pilla's speed and Latera's overall Latera. Yeah, that's, that's like that line's going to be terrible, but they, I think coaching staff, especially Axel, I feel like there's definitely more results-based over process-based, so I feel like that, th- I... that third line's going to get like limited minutes now, and I think we even saw it towards the end of the game, where I felt like Latera and Philippe were out there for multiple ships in the final couple minutes they, there, so... They were, and that is the number one most bizarre thing in my opinion, that's come out recently with this team and, and Hackstall's decision-making, oh, yeah. he did it is that at some point, at, at some point, Dave Haxtall decided that Valtteri Filpula and Yuri Laterra are defensively responsible players that need to be out there in all situations. So yeah. seeing those guys on the PK fail 
over and over in that Capitals game is immensely frustrating. Yeah. They have no idea what they're doing. And at one point, I think, uh, uh, I forget which power play goal it was in that Capitals game, but it was that combination of Philpula, Laterra, and Brandon Manning back there. I think the defensive pairing was Manning and Hag. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one we're talking about. Where just Bur- like, Brandon Manning was just sitting in front and kind of let Burakovsky box him out and then just get the pass on the crease and dunk it. You got to be all over the guy's stick in that occasion. Like, you got to yeah. be ready to lift that stick in a moment's notice. Well, he just, he's just standing there. Yeah, and the and then the other, uh, one of the other power, power play goals against, uh, the one that Oshie scored, it was the thing where, uh, this isn't so much... Uh, Laterra and uh, Philpula, but it was annoying that Hag like dropped a stick. I think he could have picked it up. I don't think it was broken. Philpula tries to hand him a stick because you're supposed to feed the sticks down to the defenseman if they need it. Hag's like, no, nah, I got it, bro. And then the puck goes into the corner and Hag's just on his knee and is pretty much giving a wide open passing lane to TJ Yoshi. TJ and like uh, Latera's not helping break up that passing lane either, so they pretty much just let a clear like corner to slot pass go for Yo- Oshie to like one time it for a goal against. So, like the penalty kill, I mean, it's it's always been frustrating, but it's just I think they're just finding new ways to be extremely frustrating these last couple of games. I mean, back to games, oh for sure, two for goals. sure, um, and. Especially tonight, where it was early in the game, they just kind of put Lyon in a rough spot. Like he's making this NHL st- first NHL start, and they they put him on the uh, the penalty kill twice, and it was right. So to recap a little bit, what's happened with the goaltending in the past couple of weeks? Uh, Elliot injured in some way. Do we know exactly what the injury is for Brian Elliot right now? No, no, I don't. Well, talky, yeah. so you never know yeah, never exactly what kind of injury somebody has. So uh, Brian Elliott's hurt in some way. Michael Neuverth's supposed to step in. Uh, Michael Neuverth has to leave the Capitals game. Apparently he was sick. Had the poops. And he yeah. felt he had one great period. And then in the first intermission or something, it started to come back to him. But the coaching staff didn't know. So he stayed in there and uh, let up a bunch of goals. So of goals. good. Great. Yeah. And then, and then as a result, Tonight, Alex Lyon starts for the first time, and just a tough game for the kid. I yeah. thought he, he did I thought he did good fine in the game. for most of the game. He had a couple weak ones, but yeah. he's a rookie. It's his first NHL start. You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough situation. And the defense didn't do him any favors. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, he comes in, and they put him on the penalty kill twice early. And the first goal, I don't think he really could have done much. The second goal, I think he could have had the Stafford one. I think he just... The both the goals I felt like he had tonight, he just for some reason kept the stick wide and didn't cover up his five hole. Like that one and then the one at the end of the game with his year where like Hag was all over his year. It was a fine redirection, but there's no way that puck should have gone in. And it only went in because the line didn't cover up didn't close his legs in time and he didn't have the stick there to break up the shot attempt either, so And of course it had to be Nico Hishier. Yeah. Of course. I don't know did. why the Flyers didn't just draft Hishier in the first round instead of uh, Patrick. I don't know why. <laughs> it's pretty annoying. But, uh, but... Hey, speaking of, speaking of Patrick, so we were talking about the the bottom six right now as far as uh, line shuffling goes, but 
Uh, I'd love to briefly talk about the reshuffling of the top six. I mean, really, it's just that middle line that got reshuffled because uh, the first line has been Katori Drew Konechny for a few weeks now, and that's been working out great. I mean, um, they probably aren't quite as dynamic in driving play as Katori Drew Voracek, but uh, it's good to spread the wealth uh, with Voracek in that regard. I, they're they're, they're just, not really bad. I mean, they... Yeah, they're fine. But I, I thought that you know Katori drew Voracek well, no, was that's, just that was, such a powerhouse. Yeah, that was a different level. Of, yeah, yeah. But they're they're good, and I think Konechny has just been great with it. Yeah, he's had a big he coming has, out party. Uh, so yeah, he's finally using those skills, those that raw talent that we know he has uh, in a productive manner. And yeah. I think t- tonight was the first time he hasn't scored in five games. I think. That sounds about right. I mean, we can look it up real quick. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that top line has been on fire. They kind of looked, they didn't look too, too hot tonight. But besides that, they've been, they've been playing pretty well. Even, even in the the Tampa game, they looked okay and actually scored a goal. Um, And, well, yeah, last night they had a goal too. They had a couple uh, rush chances in the first period and capitalized uh, with a connected goal. So. Um, but the the middle six has been a problem, um, and they they switch that up. And I, I like the new second line, and I think the second line has been playing pretty well um, with Voracek on the left, uh, Patrick, and then Simmons. Uh, they posted pretty good underlying numbers, and Patrick's also had. I mean, Patrick's starting to look like what we expected. We've talked about that plenty, but the the, the goal last yeah. night um, against Washington was really good. Like, oh, that was, was great! Beauty, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's. I think that's the only thing I'm worried about Patrick now is he keeps. I feel like he's taking like taking a lot of penalties. I, I might have to look into that, but he. I feel like he took another one tonight. He right? took a pretty yeah, not a good one tonight. Last, I mean, the one last night was just Tom Wilson, me and Tom Wilson, and for some reason the refs like fed into it. Um, but there there have been other times where he's kind of taken, not lackadaisical, but like pretty easily preventable uh, like stick infractions. He he could have just you know not been in the penalty box, but um, I, I like that middle six line. The, the third line was a problem in Washington. The, the wheel of uh, Philip Raffle line third line tonight. I, like I said, I, I felt like it was pretty good. So kind of, kind of obvious what the problem is there with uh, Philip just switching out. So um, also Steve, yet again, each week, I feel like this poor guy that commented on our podcast that said Scott, they talked about Scott Lawton too much. He he just gets owned like each like each week. It's just worse and worse for that guy because like it's just <laughs> like he got promoted to the third line tonight. Like three weeks from now, he'll what's his get, face-off percentage? Greg? Probably, You're not a good center unless you win enough face-offs. Yeah, like a month from now, Scott Long's gonna be like pushing Couture for the top line. That guy's gonna comment back and be like, "All right, listen, I I rescind my my comment. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong the entire time, but." Um. Yeah. So, what what were your thoughts on the uh, the second line? My thoughts on the second. I mean, I'm happy to see Nolan Patrick getting a shot at an increased role like that. This yeah. is where he is going to be eventually with this uh, this team, this organization. So it's good to see him up there. I thought the most interesting thing is the actual the the move to move a Voracek to the left wing yeah. there because 
Jake Voracek always plays right wing, so it's yeah. it seems like it would be interchangeable enough. But hey, if you're used to playing the one position and going to the this certain particular area of the ice, that's what it is, man. It's it's very difficult to change your habits in that regard and try something else out. I mean, I know Drew going from center to left wing certainly had a lot of trouble at first, but yeah. he did figure it out. And uh, Voracek does not seem to be impacted too poorly by it yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, connecting did score in five straight before not scoring tonight. So, uh, good call. Um, Boom. I, I think. No, I agree. And there's going to be. He's played left wing before though in his career, right? Like I'm. I don't know if I'm making that up, but. And I feel like I I feel like he has. I cannot say that in a positive manner. Yeah, I do not. Know. I also feel like uh, I would rather just take Voracek on his wrong wing uh, in the top six over a lot of other options that would be hundred percent. Yeah. And one of the one of the common complaints about this team is the the left wing depth. So yeah, you know if you could just have a solution like. Put Jake Voracek on the other side of Wayne Simmons and Nolan Patrick, then give that to me all day. Yeah, and Patty, Patty Nolan's Patty Nolan's you know, Patrick Nolan, and I, I mean uh, Patrick and Simmons have been playing a lot uh, this season, and they seem to be doing pretty well together. Uh, pretty much is improving their line mates from Jordan Wheel to Jake Voracek, so should work out pretty well. I mean, it looked it looked fun the last two nights. Voracek had two assists tonight. Simmons had two points tonight. Thanks. Uh, I mean, Voracek got an assist on the power play, and Simmons got a goal on the power play, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, the second line looks looks fine overall. The yeah. it's so the, the fourth line now is going to be the problem. I mean, there's... Right, but I guess that's uh, at least a traditional fourth yeah, line but setup that... where it's the problem line that you kind of shuffle out of the way yeah, but... and give them as few minutes as possible. Yeah, but they're not going to be used at least like the least possible that was a problem like gonna well, get that's well yeah. when that's the case though they're not the fourth line anymore yeah and i because if you think about it the line the line numbers are really just based on how much they actually play right they're not really unless you're playing an nhl video game the lines are all just completely relative yeah but okay well in that case then that then that line whatever line you want to call it is still a problem the um the Filpula. Yeah, Lear, Filpula, and uh, Latera line. Or the Lawton, Wheel, and Raffle, uh, line. Da, 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 da. Raffle line should be playing way more yeah, it's, it's fine. than Filpula, Lear, and Latera. I mean, it's not just the fourth line because Lear's on it and it's listed last on daily faceoff. You know? right. It's completely relative to how much they're getting played. That's one of those things that drives me a little crazy. Like if. The second line's playing more than the first line. No, no, no. They're the first line now. It's, yeah. It's just about how much they're getting played. That's we, all. Um, we should uh, – I, I do want to talk real quick about the defense too because tonight they looked – like Ghost Ghost had a couple good plays. Ghost's goal was a, a 200-foot goal. Like he made a really good play in the defensive zone. Help, oh, help yeah. The, the one out. where he – right, he, he kept the puck out of the net. Like he pretty much had to – Play goaltender more or less. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he had that too. Uh, and then the um, but the like where he actually scored like earlier that shift, he had a he separated a guy from the puck, got the puck, and then started the breakout, and then ultimately scored like five seconds later. Yeah. And then McDonald, McDonald, good old McDonald had a 
I think there were three times I counted where he had the puck in the D zone. There was literally one guy in the passing lane that he could not have hit. Like he had the rest of the ice except for one guy and managed to hit that one guy three times. So, which is like, I, I know he does that quite a bit, but it was just like, I think tonight he just like amped it up. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to set a career high and just oblivious turnovers in the D zone. So, and he, if only that was a real category, oblivious turnovers. <laughs> Pain, yeah. Painfully obvious turnovers that you should not have taken. Like that was just the entire stat title. He would, he would lead it. I mean, he'd be up there. Oh yeah, uh, that hundred percent. And then times burn to the outside by guys with mediocre speed. So, hey man, that's a top six defenseman right there. That's a top six God, what NHL yeah. defenseman. I did enjoy. I think my favorite. What does that even mean? I, I who knows. I did. Uh, one of the things. Okay, uh, you make your point, and then I wanted to get your thoughts on the current defensive pairings. Okay. Because... Yeah, we can. We'll go on that. But I just want to talk about. McDonald McDonald had a play on Brian Boyle tonight on like a it was like a board battle where they both looked like kind of like spastic in the way they were covering like the way they were battling the puck it just looked like the two old guys at the gym playing basketball down low on the block like that's what it looked like <laughs> I was just like this like a Blue Cross commercial yeah it was just like this is this is the highest level of hockey this is what people were, people played paid fine money to watch. McDonald and Brian Boyle just kind of like some people paid hundreds of dollars to see that. Yeah, just like watch like really poor like body positioning and just like guys that look like they're in their mid fifties just out of shape making plays like on the block in basketball. So, um, the- and you could just hear in your head while it's happening. Just feeling all right. Not feeling too good myself. That's pretty much the the theme song for Andrew McDonald right there. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling all right, hey, Mac. Buddy, you want to talk defensive pairings? Because I only want to talk about one of them. Uh, well, okay, well that's the, but I think that's the problem. Yeah, the top oh, yeah. defensive pairing right now is Provorov and Ghost, and they are straight killing it. They are yeah. fantastic together. I saw it, and then the rest is a sinking ship. Yeah, I thought um so I thought Tampa the Tampa game was a little bit misleading in terms of looking at stats and the eye test cuz Provorov seemed to be fighting it all night like just kind of crowding the puck and having real problems kind of moving the puck and catching passes and everything and then Gossespierre had maybe his worst offensive play as a flyer on that Ryan Callahan shorthanded goal. I mean that was it, it, was, it was not good because Ryan Callahan, uh, for the record, fucking sucks at hockey now. He sucks for a while. I also, uh, still hate him from his Rangers days. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And um, and like on that, on I think on the replay, if I remember correctly, like Katoria is pointing at Ghost, like at Callahan. He's like, "Go, go, get him! Like, go challenge him because he's gonna like, you know, take a shot at them." And then Ghost was like, all right, I'm going to lackadaisically just kind of throw my stick out there. And then Callahan just danced on everybody. So it wasn't a good game for them. But besides that, the top pairing has looked pretty dynamite. So, And then the other two pairings, I mean, uh, I mean, you, they're definitely defensive pairings. I mean, there's no getting around that, I guess. But there's really no benefit. Right, right. Well, he, Manning, here's the problem. I mean, Manning and Gouda can't be together. I think no no they're terrible together i mean uh, manning is increasingly becoming a problem in general i feel like since sanheim got sent down 
Manning's like, I'm I'm in this for the laughs. I just want to piss people off. So like he just like he just has each game he's just taken. He's got a safety. Place. Yeah, like he just. I, I feel like he's just his game has somehow even dropped further down. Like once Sanheim. I think the the most frustrating thing with the old man dog is that he's thought of at least by the coaching staff as a, a more solid defensive player because, you know, we, we talked about this on the last episode with the, the Goss despair comments on that Wyshynski ESPN podcast where he's talking about the perception that more offensively minded defensemen are not good at defense. And I think that's the perception issue with Sanheim right now, as we discussed. So uh, the, the man dog is thought of as, a, I, sorry, I just chuckle every time I call him man dog, but uh, Manning's thought of as a more defensively sound traditional defenseman. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's because he's bigger or what, uh, or slower. I, There's something that gives that perception, yeah. but it's it's obviously not accurate. No. And frankly, Sanheim and Gudis were playing very well together earlier this season. And the fact that they're not also the fact that Gudis is playing less than Andrew McDonald is insane to me. Like the, yeah. the Hag McDonald pairing is just painful. Yeah. Well, so to touch on everything you just said, the, the Gudis Sanheim pairing was probably the best outcome for a third pairing. The Flyers could have right now, if not be the, the second pairing ultimately, honestly, because Gudis is pretty good stay at home defenseman. He's very physical. He's good at breaking up zone entries and Sanheim's a good puck mover. Like it just and they had good underlying numbers. It all just kind of makes sense. It's all there. Manning and Gudis together, they I, I feel like they do a lot of the same things and together they just can't effectively accomplish what they need to accomplish. And Manning, yeah, I think we talked about it last week. Manning this coaching staff loves roles that players are given not really what roles are kind of fulfilling out there on the ice. Cause like Manning's regarded as, I guess like a defensive defenseman, you know, can be physical and clear the crease when need be. But like last night against the caps, he got bodied by fucking Andre Burakovsky in the crease. And then he was completely lost on neutral zone play, like completely on the wrong side of the ice and just let Chandler Stevenson come walking on in the score goal. So I, like Man- Manning should be the seven. Manning ideally is Chandler Steven. Yeah. I still can't get over. Could he be scoring Chandler? <laughs> yeah, a guy named Chandler is scoring goals in the Flyers. That's just that's traumatizing. Yeah, it's it's. And was that a Chandler we're, we're impression friends, you did there? Was that was that what you did? Stevenson. So let's just get that. Put that oh there. God, yeah. that's two for two, baby. That's two. Like you are seconds. out. Yeah, I'm fired. You're, but, um, if you want to be the new co-host of Fly Purbly, hit me up at uh, Fly Purbly on Twitter or SDBOM. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay, McDonald. Was that, so did you make two Chandler references there? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, I got it out of the way. Because Friends is not my forte of my 90s okay. shows. It is not my forte for the record. By the way, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I, guess, I guess I'm going to say this now, too. For some reason, I was watching random like Flyers player uh, playoff highlights from like years ago. Uh, do you remember Jared Ross scored a goal? I that, you you stumped me on that one. I don't remember that name. Okay, he like he was a very deep death forward. Like I don't remember how many games he played. The whole thing with him was: Are you using him to assemble your your friend's hockey team? I'm about to make an extremely bad friend's like 
uh, before and after, like Wheel of Fortune name here, but um, uh, but he had a goal against the Penguins in 2009 in the playoffs. Uh, and because I've been watching Friends, I thought of Jared Ross Geller. So that's um, so that's a thing. But um, oh, I hate <laughs> so McDonald McDonald Hag though. I, I that's a like that's another pairing that we've seen enough of and just doesn't work at any capacity and. Hag's another guy that I mean they every time the broadcast talks about him they always talk about his hits and uh, block shots and pretty much every stat that you don't want to hear a defenseman has for you in the year 2018 and you pair that with McDonald who has been given all those accolades for his entire career and you know it's just not going to be a good time on the ice and I mean these last couple of games have just showcased how bad those the like those two bottom pairings are and the like tonight the the game tying goal. Um, Gudis and Manning both found themselves in the corner, and they kind of led to a uh, Severson, Severson, however you want to say his name, uh, get open for the the one time in the slot. So, like they just, I don't know. I feel like every time, every time there's a goal against, it's one of those second or third pairings just kind of shit in the bed, poop in the sheets, if you will. So, I, I don't know how you. I think the I think the problem is you need to break up that top pairing. Like I feel like it's a situation where the Flyers had with the top line earlier this year, where the top line's killing it. Sure, it's amazing, maybe one of the best in the league. But if you want to have any kind of depth, you got to put one of the guys on another pair. So, right. And look, the last thing I think any of us want to see is Proveroff weighed down with Andrew McDonald again. Yeah. But well, uh, you it's could. probably. I think it's probably going to come to that. I mean, you could also just put. I I, I wonder how a Provorov Gudas pairing would look, or uh, like I I don't know how a Pozo would be to gossip for McDonald going like going back to that because when it came to that, I I don't know. I felt like McDonald was more likely to stay at home playing with gossip than Provorov. I have nothing to back that up. That just kind of felt like something that came along with watching it, but. So I guess the the compromise. I really don't want to do this, but I guess we're doing this. Pairings in your mind would be uh, Hag Provorov and Gostas Bear McDonald, right? Well, no, because I want to break up that third pairing too. Like the like that's the thing is I'd rather. I think the top pairing. If you if you're gonna use these six defensemen, which that's a whole can of worms that we've dissected a bunch on this podcast and the other podcast has too, I think. But like. If you're just going to accept the fact that McDonald's going to be in this lineup, and I guess Manning's going to be in this lineup now, I wouldn't mind Goose being on the top pairing with Proveroff, and then Gosses and McDonald being the second pairing, and then Manning and Hag being the third pairing, I guess. But like, yeah. but like, anyway, ever... anyway, you cut it. Like Manning Hag is would be fucking terrible too. Like that's not. Gonna be... Oh, absolutely horrible. Yeah. And uh, Craig, have you ever gotten like a sandwich where? you ordered it without something, but it still came with that thing. And it's kind of like, let's say you hate Mayo and you ordered the sandwich without Mayo and there's Mayo slathered all over it. And like, like iceberg lettuce, it's just like everywhere. And, but everything, let's say you don't like those things. I, cause they, those are two things that just get everywhere in a sandwich. And like, you're trying to salvage this sandwich. It's got some great, great deli meat on there. You're like, uh, I want to get to this delicious deli meat and this great cheese. But, man, this bullshit mayo and iceberg lettuce is just pissing me off. <laughs> but you just can't get... It's everywhere. What I'm trying to say is, that's <laughs> AMAC, and 
Manning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, yeah. Your shitty, your shitty shredded iceberg lettuce just... <laughs> and your poor quality deli mayo that's I... just in everywhere in your sandwich. I just like how you spent five minutes describing the condiments and they're like, so I guess what I'm saying is... <laughs> Uh, I get what you, I get what you're saying though. That's kind of pretty much what it is. By the way, I I have two different condiments, and I feel like mine are more appropriate. And um, I don't think any sandwich needs a tomato besides a BLT, and I don't think any sandwich needs pickles. A sandwich or burger needs pickles. Whoa, these these are some some hot sandwich takes. Are you right serious? Here. Pickles? What sandwich do you like? I don't have a problem to be honest, but I don't order. I, like I also am not like. Yo, load me up with these pickles. I think my thing is, I'll go like at a fast. The one sandwich that needs pickles is a Cubano. Okay, that's fair. I, I mean, yeah, it's a key ingredient, but yeah. that's I, I will say that's the only one. I and uh, I I don't need it on a burger, and I don't quite understand the need for it on a burger. Oh, what a burger, a pickle. Yeah, yeah. I I don't need it. Well, I don't understand the need for it. Yeah, that's it. the thing is, whenever I go to a fast food place, some like I always ask for no pickles. And sometimes I feel like they fuck with me, and they're just like, "We're gonna double up the pickles here. See if this guy." No, they they hundred percent do that. They hundred percent do that. And uh, my perhaps my I want to say most famous, but it's not famous because I'm pretty much the only person who knows about this. (laughs) But uh, the opposite definition of famous. Memorable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The most memorable time for me with this was uh, in high school. I was in a Taco Bell and. You know, in high school, you're never eating healthy. Yeah. You're not eating healthy at all. You're eating it. If I'm eating a goddamn Taco Bell, I'm not eating well at all. <laughs> so I go to this Taco Bell and I order like three chalupas. And I'm like, uh, I don't want lettuce or tomato on any of them. Because I just yeah. want meat, cheese, and delicious gordita or chalupa or whatever the hell yeah, it yeah. was. It's, you know, it, I get I get back to my table with them. One of them lettuce all over hell yeah one of them tomato all over and the third one packed with both it was definitely a big middle finger to me (laughs) i guess i really guess i don't mind the lettuce too much i feel like there are times where it's too much but like i'll I'll plow through it like it's i'll fight through it i guess i don't know why man but i just have always hated like really shitty quality shredded lettuce yeah it's just not for me i i think i think the reason why i don't mind the lettuce is like you don't need to thing with like a tomato is if you if the tomato's on a sandwich or a burger it, it becomes a science project like if you take a bite either off it's coming off or like juice is flying everywhere like it's it's too much like I, oh yeah or like the little tomato yeah, seeds I got, start to I like pop other, out yeah. i got other things to do today. i don't need to like towel off from me burger <laughs> but like i i think like the lettuce i think it's just something where even if it is shredded you can kind of just get it all i don't know I don't know. You're talking to a man who's eating a lot of sandwiches. Ultimately, so. ultimately, just listen to my my sandwich order. You shitty shits. Yeah, that's no. pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> teenager or guy who's in midlife crisis, just listen to my order about burgers and sandwiches. Hey. <laughs> hey, minimum wage worker, listen to my stupid <laughs> sandwich demand. Yeah, now I sound like a dick. Oh boy, that's fine. Well, Great A dick. But anyway, that's uh, uh, let's let's talk about some other grade A dicks. Let's talk about the Flyers. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so that's uh, how we feel about the defensive pairings. So, um, where 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 are we going with this puppy, Steve? Oh, I um I do want to talk. Let's talk about the All Star Game. 
Real quick before we go to that, I do want to talk. I'm about kidding. I don't actually want to talk about the All Star Game. Actually, we can we can talk about that real. I, I wanted to say the one thing about Hackstall. Okay, you you say your thing. We'll very very briefly touch on the All Star yeah. Game because I I don't think either of us watched it very extensively. No, I was I was like in and out watching it. Um, I so the thing I bitched about Hackstall about two weeks was the game against the Rangers where they kind of just mailed it in, and it was a thing where. The game against the Rangers and games against Penguins, it was getting out of control, and Hackstall just kind of let it get let it get out of control. And sometimes, or not sometimes, most of the games when I watch, I feel like there are things Hackstall could do to kind of, I guess, shift momentum or kind of prevent an onslaught from coming. And he just doesn't like he doesn't take the easy route to he doesn't call a timeout. He doesn't change the lobby timeout. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't like even try and like mix up the lines or anything. He just kinda lets it happen. Which I don't know if that's a you know, I can say he's got patience. I don't know what that whole thing is. I'm not a fan. But the I do want to point out that against the lightning, um down three zero with about seven minutes left on the power play, uh he thought to pull the goalie and it led to the Flyers first goal and it made it a three one game. And actually give him a chance to come back. And I thought that was a pretty... That was a ballsy move. Yeah, I think that's probably... That might be his most creative decision he's had in a while. Um, it, it didn't work because, you know, sports. But I thought it was a really smart thing to do. And I I just wish we could see more of that from him. And I guess even right. the Caps game, he did it to an extent. Like, I'm not going to say switching goalies because nervous. It's a sound like he just had a rough night overall and, like, needed to get out of the game. But, like, then he also caught a timeout late. But it, it, it was one of those things where it was like it was already too late maybe to be using the timeout. But rather than just like sit there and take the beating, I guess he actually went out there and tried to do something. So everything else. Right, everything right. Else. He, he can very much err on the side of being overly conservative, which is right. what drives a lot of the fan base nuts about Hack. And yeah. we were discussing this last week where, you know, that's why he's disappointing to me because as a collegiate coach, as somebody who was coming in outside the NHL system of coaches, outside the the old boys club, if you will, you would hope he would do something different, unique, be on the cutting edge. Yeah. And he has been largely the opposite that, of that, largely a conservative coach. And he is just getting worse in his third year with these, you know, insisting on keeping Laterra in the lineup, insisting on keeping Manning in the lineup, the, those kind of moves. I know you need vets in there, but there's no room for guys that just lack talent. Right. I think, and I think you're, you're talking about the uh, him showing patience, and I think that's something that people get really upset about. I think it's also who he uses, uses patience for, I guess, because I, I felt like he has no patience for players like Lear, and Sandheim and like last year, Konechny and Gossosphere, but like Lord knows he has all the patience in the world for McDonald, Manning, Laterra, and Filipula. Like, like, and last year, Vandevelli and Belmar. It was like, what could, what those guys could have thrown down their gloves, picked up the puck, and like somersaulted with the, the puck into the net and like count as a goal against us. And Hacks will be like, hey, them's the breaks. We'll get them next shift, guys. Like, good luck out there. But, like, any other any other kids do anything wrong, it kind of feels like they have a very short leash and they're going to get benched for half a period. I think that's why people – I think that's why a lot of people aren't, aren't really in Hack's corner. So, Big, Sure, the, sure. You know, the uh, I mean, angle. I don't know what it is. I've said, you know, I don't know what it is about being a vet 
but there's something about being a vet that I guess the the coach is just like, well, you know, whatever. He's a vet. He should yeah. know better. Roll. I, I, I don't know. I, it's it's roll, weird. A roll taken at name value rather than actually dissected. I think that's really the, the biggest problem with this coaching staff. It's like they're just told McDonald's a vet. They don't actually break down what he does entire i'm like i'm sure they do but they just kind of throw out the window for some reason because like oh we need the the vet in there that kind of holds everybody together i don't know right well and the thing about mcdonald that's kind of been coming out recently is that the flyers view him as this this mentor character to yeah. the younger guys so everybody gets a ride along with old grizzled vet Andrew McDonald, the guy who's getting too old for this shit. Yeah, he, he's it's, he's Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society, is how they view him. And everybody's just going to follow his lead and go in the battle for him. But so. he's, he's, secretly, he's secretly Denzel Washington in Training Day, <laughs> where he's going on drug binges with the rookies and then yelling about being King Kong. <laughs> well, if they were... Never mind, I'm not going to... Bigger than King Kong, bigger than King Kong. That's going to make a whole... If they're gonna do the drugs thing, why didn't they keep uh, a couple other guys they used to have on the team to be vets? But you know, uh, let's talk about the All Star Game, shall we? Before before I go into an extended training yeah. day bit on Andrew McDonald, because <laughs> yeah. you knew that's where it was going before before you point out all the similarities between Denzel Washington and Andrew McDonald. That's that's uh, our article is forthcoming. Yeah, guys, watch <laughs> out for that. That's my next piece. So. Uh, Fine, let's talk about the stupid All-Star I game. I watched like three away, minutes of it. My biggest takeaway from this All-Star game is Brock Besser doesn't fucking smile. I don't know if you saw that at all. Like they were, I missed that. Like they were like, "Hey, you're all you're like you're MVP of the game." He was just like, "All right, neat." And then like something cool would happen. Okay, and they were just cut to him, and it looked like he was just told he's got to go to another dentist appointment. Like I, he just wasn't feeling it. I guess I don't know. Okay. Uh, there was also a fucking offsides review. Which is, I still can't decide. I want now, I want to say that was done as a joke, but I really feel like it wasn't. Like I now, Craig. No, nobody had an answer for me when we briefly discussed this on the BSH Radio podcast I was on earlier this sure. week. Take a listen to that, folks. But uh, nice. do you know offhand which which coach did that? Uh, I was it uh, was Trotz there. Trotz, I think, was the Metro coach. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because he was talking about playing Crosby and Ovechkin together because he can. Yeah, I think that I think that was him. I think it was like the I think it was like the Eastern Conference battle before the championship won, and I remember it was Kucherov getting off the ice. So it was, I think it was whoever the Metro coach was, if I remember correctly. I think, but still, if it was done sincerely, that's. Barry Trotz. That's very NHL. So Barry Trotz. And also, I have we do we talk about what we should do for uh, you know how they get rid of all side reviews? Did I did I say this in here? Are you, mm, not sure. Yeah, just no offsides altogether. So that's my that's my hot take. Just remove it. That's all we got to do. We'll see what happens. That that is a pretty hot my, take because sig- offsides. We've I think you've mentioned it before. I mentioned it like, years ago. Steve, yeah. you're like, Steve, give me an excuse why offside should be in there. I'm like, like, I got nothing. Yeah, like two years ago, I think I had a very uh, take off my shirt and yell about it episode where I was like, you tell me why offside should be in, in the league anymore. But 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just spitballing here. I don't really see a... I think it's something they should just, like, have, like, the ECHL, like, have, a, like, a, a month of that and just see how it goes. You know, I, I don't think it's going to work out perfectly, but, you know, no more reviews might open up the game a little bit more. Who knows? I'm here for entertainment. And uh feel like no offsides would lead to some pretty funny stuff. So, if anything, while well, the Flyers are losing, we could get some yucks out of it, so... But uh, back, but up, but up, but up. back to this all-star game. Uh, I mean, I, I think also the, the thing that frustrated me most, which I found out they actually had, but I, I don't think you were actually able to watch it, was apparently there's a mascot game. Did you hear this? You're not, you're not confusing this with NHL 18? No, I, I, I heard there was an actual mascot game, and I'm upset. I would rather watch a mascot yeah, game than any minute of the All Star game. Easily. If you put or you put like you put players from their teams into their teams' mascots. Like if you put Yeah. If, I want to see Claude Giroux dressed as Flex. That's right. I'm still bringing <laughs> up Flex. Or like Nikita Kutrov, you put him in the Thunderbug mask or like the costume or whatever. And then you put uh Carey Price in the Yuppie mask and let him or Yuppie costume when you let him play uh playing. Brian Boyle could have been the actual New Jersey Devil. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there that would have been a lot more entertaining, and I would have, uh, I would have watched every second of that, and I think it would have gotten more viewers than um, maybe the All Star Game on uh, on Sunday. But also, like, I feel like it's a thing too, where like we, you know, I, I think All Star Games are definitely catered more towards the kids as they should be. So we're old. Would, we're old. As, so. We're old as shit now. So you know. Get off my lawn. Yeah. We, we got a, we, there's not much joy in our lives anymore except for the Eagles now. So we, we don't really care what the All-Star game is about. Um, I think the, and then the only other takeaway I got from it was, uh, oh, Kid Rock's set took forever. I don't know. Like the, he performed in between like the round robin games and the championship game. <laughs> and he, I still can't do it. Okay, I'm not going to go as long this time. But, <laughs> but like, so Kid Rock's set held up the final like game. The, he was done, and then they just said, I think apparently they had a problem like taking the stage apart and actually removing it off the ice. Apparently is what happened. So, so what number one hits did he perform? I don't think he performed ball with the ball. Like, I think he... Then what's the point? I, I know. I don't even know where they had him there. Uh, and then I think the league put out some BS excuse of like uh, they didn't they uh, chose Kid Rock because it was the Grammys that weekend and their choices were limited because you know all the big name musicians are totally coming to play the All NHL All Star Game. So they really that's what it was. That's what it came down to is the NHL had about fifty other options, but they were all too famous and good. And they were at the uh, music awards, so they couldn't come to Florida. Very but, supportive of yeah. Mr. Mr. Rock. Yeah. So, uh, and then 29, uh, 2019 All Star Game is going to be in San Jose. That's pretty much all we have to say about the uh, the All Star Game. I already bought my tickets. Well, there you go. Have you ever been out to? Uh, I've never been out to California. I've been to California. Uh, I haven't been to San Jose. I was in the San Francisco airport. That well, but I've um, I've only been in Southern California as far as being outside in California. You've been to LA. Uh, I've been to Anaheim. Ooh, and I've been to San Diego. Okay, I heard San Diego's uh, a good time. I heard San Diego. San Diego's awesome. 
really cool. Highly recommend. Anaheim, I did not give a shit. Yeah. I gave zero shits. Uh, the wedding we went to there was very nice. That was very nice. But as far as the rest of the city goes, did not care at all. But San Diego was fantastic. Highly recommend. And the weather is as nice as they all say. No humidity. What a concept. <laughs> I went in February and I went out there. It was 80 degrees. No humidity. I was wearing shorts in February. Then I came back here. There was a snowstorm. Oh, baby. Yeah. And our cabbie ripped us off. So it was a good oh, time. Good. That sounds like a pretty good trip. Yeah. Maybe if I ever get uh, money, I guess I'll make a swing out there. But uh, Steve, do you, okay. Do you want to talk about Oscar Limbaugh now? Or do you want to talk about the uh, midseason awards? Let's talk about Limbaugh real quick. Right, so ahead. I was reading a pretty good little piece on Oscar Limbaugh on the athletic the other day. And uh, just talking about his development and his appearance in the, the AHL all-star game. Granted he appeared in the AHL all-star game because Danik Martell was injured, but it's still cool that he got to go and uh, Limblom having a, a pretty nice little season for himself down in the AHL. And it, it's a good piece. Highly recommend checking it out. It's got some good quotes from uh, TJ Brennan and Scott Gordon. Coach of the fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got it right. So, yeah, it's got some good quotes from those guys about Limblom's development, but I just kind of wanted to talk briefly about development in the AHL for a player like this versus kind of bouncing around the bottom six in the NHL a la Nolan Patrick this season. Yeah, earlier this season. Um. I mean, I, I'm, I guess now I'm ultimately fine with Oscar Lindblom playing this season in the AHL. I think I'm going to be a little peeved if he's down there in the AHL again next season. I feel like that's. I agree with that. I agree yeah, I feel that. like that's not uh, going to happen though. But I, I, I feel like I, I'm not, I'm not against a uh, borderline player being uh, used in the AHL for a season to kind of get used to the game like the North American game, I guess, because Limblom was playing over in Sweden for a while. Or even like a prospect, like a collegiate player, if they spend uh, some time in the AHL to kind of get used to the pro game and then come up. Uh, right. I, I think right now there's a lot of the the fan frustration with Ron Hextall comes from what a lot of fans feel is spending too much time developing players, not getting them to the NHL level enough. It's, it's a very fine line and everybody develops at different paces and everything. And Limblom, I, I do feel like having the season to develop in the AHL has been beneficial for him. So I'm excited to see how he comes out next year at camp. And I really hope he makes the team outright. He absolutely should. And hopefully <laughs> this is a big, hopefully, uh. but Hopefully they're getting rid of some dead weight in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, Phil Pula should absolutely not be re-signed. Uh, Laterra, please just buy him out. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Bury him at the AHL level. Just get rid of him. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's yeah, there's no reason why Laterra should be on the NHL roster next year. Whether it's he's bought out or he's just spent the entire season in the AHL. I feel like 
Uh, if Philpula and Latero are both here next year, I that's I think that's going to change my uh, perception on the whole, I guess, uh, grooming and developing prospects angle to it. Because I mean, if if those two are here and then Lindblom's still down in the AHL and Sandheim's still struggling to make it in the um, uh, get games in the NHL, then I, I really and Sam Moran's not even sniffing it still. Yeah, that, then there's going to be a lot more problems with the, maybe the process is taking too long like i i'm not against maybe a little bit of like extra time in the ahl like a little longer than i guess a lot of people feel but like i feel like just yeah, too sometimes much. right but, sometimes the the ahl is a really good stepping stone yeah to learning the nhl's pace and style of play especially when you're coming from a europe more european style yeah. in limblom's case because there's so much more physicality in the NHL game, yeah. it is a, a close, tight, physical game comparatively. And obviously, speed is coming into play more nowadays than it ever has in the past. Right. But you still have to get used to a different style of play because Europe, there's not really that much hitting. And that's still the case. Yeah, it's a big rise. And I, I think, yeah. I think too, is I, I don't know if ideally is the correct word, but for lack of a better term, ideally... Um, Scott Gordon and Haxtell have similar schemes and systems, so then you're essentially just practicing the system down the AHL against uh, lesser competition. So then when you get up to the NHL, the only shift you're really making is uh, an upgrade in like, talent and competition. You're not really having to learn new schemes and systems, too, at the same time. So, right, which is really good synergy. Yeah, right. So, um, But yeah, Lindblom... Uh, I'm happy he got in after the Martell entry. I don't, I think Martell, uh, I think he's coming. I actually, I forget what his timetable was for coming back. I don't know if he's, I don't think he's back yet, but, um, no. but seems like Lindblom's coming along pretty well right now. Yeah. And again, I think next season is a really big litmus test for a lot of what Ron Hextall is doing. A lot of Ron Hextall's process. So it's going to be a fascinating training camp next year yeah. and hopefully not an overly frustrating one. Yeah. A lot goes into it with, uh, how they're going to use Carter Hart, Morgan Frost, Vorobiev, uh, groups off. Uh, and then even guys like Lawton and Sanheim and Marin and Myers. Like there, there are a lot of pieces that could be plugged in and they cast pace isn't necessary. I mean, it's not going to be a problem. So I, I think they can use a little bit to potentially, buy guys out or routine salary or and to right. shift out uh, players to open up roster spots to let the kids mm-hmm. come in and play. Just, just sign John Tavares. And... Sign John Tavares. I'm, I am team sign John Tavares. I mean, that would be insane. Like, I, I can't. It's not going to happen, but it would be. It's not going to happen. It would be funny if that but... was like the one big splash, like free agency signing Ron Hextall made and it just worked out perfectly. So. Like he's just waiting, waiting, <laughs> waiting, and you're like, uh, "What are you doing, Ron?" It's like, "I'm signing John Tavares." Is what I'm doing. Drops the mic, leaves the room. Yeah. What if like just like John Tavares is his biggest free agent signing, and then the second biggest one for his entire tenure, which is fucking Dale Weiss. It was just like <laughs> just the biggest drop off. So, um, but yeah, uh, very well could be. It's not going to be, but very well could be. And uh, let's talk these midseason awards. So, uh, PHWA midseason awards. Uh, Craig, you wanna you wanna take the ball on this one? Yeah, sure. I mean, the 
I mean, it kind of just explained it all. The Professional Hockey Writers Association midseason awards came out. Uh, Flyers were involved in a few of them. Let me pull them up here. Um, Katoria, so the ones you've got here. Katoria finished second for Selkie behind Patrice Bergeron, and Anze Kopitar was third. So that's welcome news because uh, he had not been getting any kind of recognition for it, really. I felt like he had been finishing like around 10th usually, or maybe even like lower than that, but uh, didn't score enough points yeah, for the defensive player, defensive forward of the yeah, year. Now he's, you know, you need more points now, for that. Now he's more offensive and now people are uh, acknowledging for that. And then I thought it was interesting that, uh, Giroux, uh, finished third on the comeback player of the year, uh, balloting so far. And behind Stamkus, who was number one. And then Brian Boy, who was second. And, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know how Brian Boyle wouldn't be first. I right, but, right. Uh, I like, get Stamkos, Stamkos had a big injury. It was a pretty bad injury, but I mean, talking about cancer. Oh. Boyle had yeah. yeah. It's come on. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Uh, what are we even doing here? Yeah. What are we even doing here? <laughs> um, and then that was that was pretty much it. The other one, so Kucherov uh, currently leads the heart voting. Victor Hedman, Norris. Uh, Matthew Barzal, Calder, followed by Besser and Charlie Mc, uh, McAvoy. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Lady Bing. Andre Vasilevsky, Vesna. Uh, Gerard Gallant for Jack Adams, followed by John Cooper and Paul Maurice. George McPhee, GM of the Year, followed by Steve Eiserman and Ray Shiro, which is like a... Uh, huh. It'd be a pretty funny submission to look back on if the... Uh, well, the Devils got help from the, the Flyers tonight, but... Uh, Devils haven't really exactly been on fire recently, so. No, no. Yeah. And, again, yeah. I would love if they dropped out of the playoffs. Yeah. But, again, the Flyers could have grabbed another couple points in the right direction tonight and completely fumbled yeah. it. So, But I do want to – I think the uh, yeah. the Rod Langway Award, the defenseman who best excels in the defensive aspect of the game, Drew Doughty's number one there, uh, which I was kind of surprised at. But he is – Yeah, yeah, it's – that's a head scratcher. Yeah, but Char is second and Hedman is third, so should be McDonald, right? You, you betcha, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, pal. You, okay. You nailed it. I I agree with a lot of those awards. I just wanted to say that that Lady Bing for Johnny Gaudreau is gonna go right out the window if the Eagles win the Super Bowl because he just wears an Eagles jersey on the ice. Oh, yeah, he's going to start well, climbing some grease bowls. I, and... I think it's funny. Uh, I think Matthews was second or third. Let me uh, – second or third. Yeah, he was second in the voting for Lady Bang. I feel like he's not going to get that now because he did that whole goal celebration. That, did you see that last week? He had a, a goal waved off, and then when he scored uh, later in the game, he, like, skated by the ref and, like, excessively – or, like, just kind of, like, pointed to, like, the goal signal to just kind of be like, well, that's a goal, right? Just kind of like fuck with the ref. So. <laughs> didn't uh, Mc... did McDavid do something like that too? Or okay, wait, no, no, Con- no. Connor McDavid did something like that too. Yeah, they both had. Yeah, yeah. Connor McDavid had. Uh, they had a goal taken away. The Oilers had a goal taken away, and then uh, McDavid undressed uh, David Riddich or whatever the hell the Flames like third string goalie was called. <laughs> called not name. Uh, and then after he scored, you know, it was obviously scored. When he was skating back to the bench, he was looking at the ref, and you could visibly just see him like reading his lips. He was just saying, "Do you want to review that?" <laughs> so <he was> just, <laughs> it's not good when uh, you know you, two of your 
young promising stars in the league are mocking your officials for goalie interference goals. No, so it's very bad, and they really have to do a reevaluation on both the offsides challenge right now yeah. and the goaltender interference calls because we've they seen do. some ridiculous ones. You want to hear my second hot take of the no goaltender interference? Everything's free game. There you go. All problem solved. No offsides. Are you <laughs> daring to say that you treat goalies like other NHL players? Not like Let uh, like Saints, untouchable Saints. If they have the puck, they can be checked. If they're if they're skating with the puck outside of the crease, they can be laid out. It's all fair game, baby. Let's do this. Let's make the the X NHL. Let's do that. See how many uh, people watch. No, I'm good. Well, let's let's score some damn goals. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I guess was the. The one thing I thought was funny about the All Star Game was they revved up the, uh, they made the breakaway challenge the the, sh- the save streak. So pretty much they just made the focus on uh, making saves instead of goals. But uh, yeah, they they should really. Uh, I feel like if you uh, take away offside, so increase the scoring. So, um, what can I? Should I talk about the uh, top prospects game? Is that probably next on the? Uh... You do that, and then let's let's play that game. All right, we still got. Uh, we're still going to talk about the Rangers and the uh, Russian Olympic roster, right? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I just want. I want to play the game. I want to play the game um, of the week. Uh, so pretty much the top prospects game. Uh, it was played last Thursday. Team Or. I'm trying to find the goddamn notes now. Uh, team Or beat Team Cherry seven to four. Or Team Cherry beat Team Or seven to four. Uh, and I just was going to rattle off some of the prospects here as a early season uh, Craig Straff corner. Uh, Philip Zadina had uh, two goals and a game high seven shots, uh, and he's played. He has 53 points with the Halifax Mooseheads this year in 38 games. Uh, Aiden Dudas had two goals. Uh, he's the center for the Owen Sound attack. He has 46 points in 46 games. Ty Della Della Andrea. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, 39 points in 46 games for the Flint Firebirds. Uh, he's projected to be a third-round pick. Uh, Evan Bouchard had four assists and five shots. He has 60 points as a defenseman in 47 games for the London Knights. He's expected to be, I think he could be a top-five pick. He definitely should be a top-ten, say the least. Uh, Barrett Hayton, a center for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, had uh, 43 points in 46 games. He had two assists in the game. Uh, he's expected to go in the top 20 or so. Uh, goaltender Jacob Ingham had uh, nine saves on 12 shots. He plays for the Mississauga Steelheads. And then uh, for team or Kevin Ball had two, a goal and an assist. Anderson McDonald had two assists. Luca Burson had an assist and a team high four shots. And then uh, Kevin Mandeley stopped 18 of 20 in net. So. Those were just some of the names to get used to, I guess, as the uh, the draft is coming up here. A lot of them were supposed to be taken. A lot of these guys were projected to go in the, the first few rounds here. Like Zadina and Bouchard should be top five picks. Um, Kevin Ball and Anderson McDonald and uh, Burzin. Alexis Gravel also played in that for Team War. Those guys should all be second or third round, but I'll I'll talk about them on here, and I should be... Trying to think about how I should go uh, go about writing about the draft uh, eligible guys in this year's draft for uh, Broad Street Hockey. I don't know if I should do a thing where I do the like what I do with the Flyers prospects, where I just kind of do like the shot charts, the goal charts, and break down all their highlights, or if I should just kind of do like write about five different prospects in one post and kind of make a shorter synopsis of uh, each player. But 
guess I'll I guess I'll get a feel for it. If anybody has any opinions on that, let me know, and I will uh, cater to what people want to see. I guess in terms of uh, the prospect news. So I think you got to do your thing, Craig. I think you got to be you. Yeah, I know for that, but I, I feel like I'm not getting the time to do any of the uh, like the the lengthy prospect ones. I feel like I'm, I would only be able to do like four or five of those before the actual draft. I feel like if I pump out like five to ten prospects in an article, I could probably cover most of the guys that could go in the draft. So I'll, I think I might go that way, but just make it make like one of those articles a week and make it a little bit lengthier. So we shall see though, Steven. Um, but and just write on one guy and just write about his entire history. <laughs> Updates on that one guy. Just put out like a new 2000 word. Yeah. Article. Like, I, this has got to be the guy the Flyers draft. <laughs> Otherwise I've completely committed to the wrong. And I am going to have to write about another team once he's taken. So <laughs> I'm going to have some egg on my face. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so Steven, uh, let's play the game. Do you know who the Flyers play on Saturday? Who do the Flyers play on Saturday? I can tell you. Who do they play on Saturday? They play the Ottawa Senators. I thought it was the Ottawa Senators, yeah. but I didn't want to say it for the so, risk of looking foolish. Uh, and um, so since they play the Ottawa Senators, what game do you think we're about to play? Oh, no. We're going to play Senator or Senator again? Yeah, we're going to play. But we're going to play U.S. Senator or Ottawa Senator. That's the game. That oh, there we go. Okay. Um, and I made it so it's a Senator, any Ottawa Senator in all time. So, but I, I think I picked out names that are somewhat recognizable so you have a chance. And then okay. um, and then U.S. Senators, you know, there's no. Uh, but I yeah. assume they won't be as recognizable as, like, Alexi Yashin? No. Or oh no! Is it Daniel no, Chara? No, 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 not at all. Like no, not not a chance. So, Alexander Dag, the esteemed senator from Kentucky. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about uh, dropping to some random NHLers that played like one game, but like you know, like Brooks like played a game for the Senators, I believe. I, I yeah, I, I know who Brooks like is. Anyways. Yeah, so um, Kyle Turris could actually you know, Kyle Turris could be a senator name. Yeah, but you know who Kyle Turris is. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's get this puppy going. Uh, Steven, uh, Derek Grant. Ottawa Senator. He was a center who played a total of 25 games for the Senators in 2012 13 and 2013 14. Uh, he was taken 119th overall in 2008. And he also played with the Flames, Sabres, and Predators before being an Anaheim Duck, which is where he currently is. And, uh, you know, got a shout out to Derek Grant right now for listening out there. Um, Steven, one for one. Second question. Second person, I guess, not really a question. John Boozman. This sounds like. This sounds like somebody I, I see down hanging out near the liquor store on the corner asking me if I've got the time. John Boozman. No. Uh, I'm going to go with the U.S. Senator. He is the Republican Senator for Arkansas. Uh, bonus question. How many years has he been the Senator? 
Eight? Close. Seven years. 2011. Pretty close. Uh, well, uh, it's seven years. I, I guess you're right, actually. Yeah. Because 2011, you know, but... Of course I Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three. Two for two. Nice and done. Uh, number three. Ben Cardin. Ben Cardin. C-A-R-D-I-N. Can you use it in a sentence? The name I just told you was Ben Cardin. Ben Cardin. You bastard. <laughs> all right. All right. Ben Cardin. Benny Cardin. Benny Cards. Pack of cards. Uh, that that sounds like uh, an Ottawa senator to me. Ottawa senator? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. He is the Democratic senator from Maryland. Oh. Uh, how many years has he been there, Steve? What what state was that again? Maryland. Maryland. Okay, Maryland. Oh, yeah, state you're very familiar yes. with. Uh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. Uh, let's say four years. Eleven. Not even close. Jesus Christ, dude. Come on now. All right. I don't know my Maryland senators, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Read a book, baby. Uh, all right. Two and one. Two for three. Read a book. <laughs> you definitely got this from Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very intelligent and smart, and I know my things. Um, all right, Steve. Uh, two and one. Two for three. Uh, fourth one, Gary Peters. A lot of fake news here. Gary Peters. Okay. Gary Peters. Gary Peters. That that is an either or. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, that that uh U.S. Senator. I finally got one right. All right, he's a Democratic uh, senator for. Uh, oh oh. oh. <laughs> finally, I. Oh, you know what? From Michigan. Uh, I got the first two right, you jackass. Democratic senator from Michigan. Uh, three years. Uh, so I guess you got three for four now. Uh, number five. Uh, Damian Rhodes. Oh, that's got to be an Ottawa senator, right? Goalie played 181 games for Ottawa from 1995, 96 to 98, 99. I am almost certain I saw that that name in like a pack of hockey cards I, in the I, late 90s. I know. I feel the same way. That's why. See, I, I tried to pick out senators too that you might actually have a shot of knowing. So I thought that would be a... I appreciate yeah, that. So, and, and you've gotten both of them so far. So uh, Number six. Four for five. This is a terrible outing for me right now. But uh, Oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> two. Kenny. Uh, all right, number six. Uh, oh, Craig. <laughs> uh, Tom Tillis. Tom Tillis. Tom Tillis. Uh, Tommy Tillis. Tommy Tillis. That's how his song goes. Uh, U.S. <laughs> Senator. The, that he is. Republican Senator for North Carolina. Uh, there it is. Bonus points how many years? 21. So close. Uh, been there since 2015, so... All right, last but, not, uh, last but not least, it does not matter. You've clearly won this game, so you got a little bit of luck on your side. But Ryan Shannon. A good old Shanny. Uh, I'm going to go Ottawa Senator. Correct. How many games? Three. Oh, boy, 180. <laughs> so. Not memorable. <laughs> not memorable at all. Five foot nine undrafted. Play better hockey. <laughs> Five foot nine undrafted. 
Last played in the NHL in 2011-12, and I think he actually retired from hockey uh, last February. So, um, so Steve, you did uh, you did all right. Not bad. Um, I think we should. Uh, did you do actually do the poll question for what could be the? Oh no, I I completely forgot. Oh, good. About that's that, fine. So. That's, then nobody knows what we're about to talk I about. I really would have liked to have done a poll question, but I just well, there's a clear. Like, the thing is, is there's there's a clear number one. It's the, the the struggle for what would be second. Okay, third. so let's let's give a little background to what we're talking yeah. about here. So, uh, this is what the twenty fifth anniversary. So today, while we're recording, um, twenty five years ago today, Gary Bettman was announced as the commissioner of the NHL. So he's been oh boy. since February first of nineteen ninety three, I believe. Um, so, in honor of Gary Bettman, Steve and I wanted to do a power rankings of each of the three lockouts. So I think for me, uh, it might just be me, Steve, but for me, I think I've got some appropriate music coming up in a minute and not quite music, but, uh, not quite sound effects. But unfortunately this YouTube video is not loading very fast. All right, here we go. This is for Gary Bettman. <laughs> very fitting. <laughs> Um, I think, I mean, so the 2004-05 lockout has to be number one, right? I mean, full season, changed a bunch of the rules in the league. Oh, yeah. So. And then we came back with those hideous Reebok Edge jerseys. Yeah, and we had to watch it. People forget about that. The Reebok Edge was some of the worst jerseys we've ever seen. The the, the Colorado Avalanche had those hideous apron strings for like 10 oh, years. Oh, God, yeah, they did. And, and they're terrible. We had to watch OLN for a bunch of years too. I mean, that was a weird thing that we had to do. Um, yeah. Ninety four, ninety five. So is probably number two. I would 94, think. Ninety four, ninety five, and twenty twelve, twenty thirteen both reduced the season to forty eight games. Right, but ninety four, ninety five was like the first one to do some damage to the game. Like that was like really, you know, one of the first times that people became disenchanted. Yeah. With the whole NHL experience due to a lockout. Yeah, and. As Flyers fans, the Devils won the cup because of that. And then also in 2012, 20- Claude Lemieux. 2013, uh, Claude. the Blackhawks won. So, yeah. Uh, I, I guess, yeah, I guess 94, Claude 95 would have to be. Lemieux. Would have to be second on that one. So, yeah. But. Not that many less games Eric Lindros played in a Flyers uniform. Well, I was going to say, we. Uh, Yager retired. Um, Officially, reti- or not retired, but kind of got bought out by the Flames, I guess. Got put on. Okay, we can we can turn off 12 hours of booing sound effects in stereo now. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably true. That was for you, Gary, because you've done such a bang-up job, <laughs> let me tell you. Expanding the game but, and, um, so you know, la- laughing through Yager, all the boos and general hate. With Yager finally leaving the uh, NHL, uh, I think Dave Lozos pointed out that uh, people always talk about the, the couple years Yager left for to play in Russia, like the KHL. Um, but if you um, if you really look at the lockout too, he missed like 150 games because of the lockout as well. So if he if the NHL didn't have any work stoppages, he probably would be even higher up on some of these uh, these lists of like all time feats. But it's kind of a uh, kind of funny. That's gonna be. <laughs> Yager retires, and a lot of people still think about it's the fucking lockouts. So it's kind of impact Gary Bettman's been having. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Gary is really. I mean, what do you make of the, those twenty-five years of Gary Bettman? I don't know. They, I, I. They always talk about like. I feel like saying the league. What do they always say about him? He's uh, not. I guess he technically has expanded the game, but like he. The uh, just like overall income of the league, like the they they always say that though for every league. I feel like, and. I think down, go Brown, down goes Brown made a good point. Sean McNeil made a good point that, like, the other three major sports leagues, they're all on multiple channels, and the NHL is only on one. They're, they're only on NBC. Like, it's NBC. NBC yeah. has, but, like, the NBA is on ESPN. It's on TNT. It's on a, a few different places. Like, NFL is everywhere. Yeah, NFL is CBS and Fox, and uh, baseball is on fox and espn and a few and like tbs too so like he like i'm sure he expanded the league but it's the same thing like we have nothing to compare it to like he well look at number one i mean look at how much those leagues make versus the nhl and don't you feel like right. in the mid 90s the nhl was at pretty equal footing with at least the nba and they could probably if they you know they could have taken advantage of the baseball strike. And yeah, so they. I don't know. It feels like they've squandered every opportunity to, to get more of the American imagination, and really just expand further. And it's you also look at failures like the Atlanta Thrashers. You look at his debacle in Phoenix, trying to keep the Coyotes there at yeah. all costs, which is been just a terrible, terrible experience for all people involved. Right. Uh, you look at the fact that Quebec built a stadium years ago. They don't have a franchise. Like <laughs> the, the fact that the Nordiques were taken away in the first place. And, you know, Colorado is a great market. So don't get me wrong there. But uh, Winnipeg losing that franchise in the first place. It's just a lot of like really I, bad stuff has happened under his watch. I think my thing is I don't. I think it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I really don't know if the game's going to expand that much in the USA. Like, I feel like the other three leagues could be shut down and people are still just not going to watch the NHL because it's just, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a very niche sport. It's a very niche. Yeah. Sport. Like it, it's tough for, I, I don't know. It's tough for like people that aren't. And like, I feel like hockey is one of those things where you kind of have to grow up with it to really I guess I agree. But I feel like a lot of people have joined in later on in their lives, but I think it's just the thing where if you're not surrounded by it, it's really hard to get into it. Like somebody that lives, I don't know, like in Nebraska or like Iowa that doesn't have NHL hockey around them. I think it'd be kind of hard for them to just kind of be like, Oh, nothing else is on. Let me put on a hockey game. Like, I feel like they're not going to be intrigued to do that. I, I think, I think my thing is, is I, I don't know why Bevan hasn't really tried to, I guess cater to some of the markets I really do want. Like they they put all the the big hit markets on NBCSN, I guess, with like Buffalo and Detroit. But I mean, like things like Quebec should have a team, and like uh, I, I think Seattle should have a team coming up here. And instead, like Carolina still has a team, and Vegas got a team, and there's still a team. Miami, yeah. And, but- I mean, I would say I will say the the two biggest expansion success stories are probably Tampa Bay and Nashville. Yeah. Uh, the Nashville fan base is one of the most unique and great fan bases in the NHL. And Tampa Bay 
I will say that they have a really strong core there right now. Yeah, and I, I think I think a lot of it just goes into like teams actually having success there too. Because I think like Nashville sure. was a big year for them to actually get involved, and it because they had a pretty good run. And Tampa won a Stanley Cup early on, but then at the same time, like Carolina also won a Stanley Cup many years ago, like one of their one of their earlier years of their franchise, and it's still a thing now where they. They're struggling to sell tickets, and they've had some rough nights. By the way, real quick, I, we I wanted to talk about this later on, but did you hear about uh, Dundon, or whatever his name is? Uh, the the Hurricanes owner wanted to use more of the Whaler stuff going forward. Like, he wanted to have sell, like, Whaler's merchandise, and I think he wanted to wear, like, Whaler's games during Whaler's jerseys, like, during some... No, I didn't hear that. The new guy who just cares so much about winning that yeah. they just start winning. Yeah, he's the only uh, owner that actually wants to uh, start winning hockey games, so... No, I didn't hear that, but, I mean, I'm all about one of the best logos yeah. in sports I've history coming back. I've why, like, and apparently they played, like, Brass Bonanza at um, one of the games earlier this week, which used to be, like, the old Hartford Whaler song, and... Yeah. I don't understand... I don't know if there's, like, some kind of legal issues with, like, the, the rights to the jersey. I don't know why they wouldn't want to uh, look in the wearing those jerseys again. But Right, because I know the the NHL definitely has a, a license to sell that stuff because you do see Whalers gear right. sold out there. I've got a, a couple Whalers things, and, yeah, there's really no reason to not have it out there. So, uh, yes. and. Since that's their heritage, and I mean, it will make people in Hartford, I guess, uh, bitter. But I, I think they should totally embrace it. Yeah, I agree. I hope, I hope they like kind of do that soon, though. Because I mean, when was the last time they were actually? They, they've never worn a Whalers jersey in Carolina, right? No, I don't believe they yeah, have. So that'll be. Uh... They've been all Hurricanes from day one, and. No. Yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. And Rod the Bod came in. Rod the fucking Bod. Rod the Bod yeah. sounds like a like a shock jock. Like he sounds like he would be on after Sea Dog in the jacket or Jacket in the <laughs> Like I feel like he would be close enough for us. Like if we had a if we were on Rod the Bod coming on later for the midnight shift. <laughs> like he would be the guy, or he'd be the guy that like we'd bring on as like the NHL, the former NHL guy. Like that, uh, WIP uses uh, like John Ritchie for now, where they just like bring on a guy that, sure, he'll formulate sentences and they don't mean much, but he did play the game, so it's fun to listen to him, like <laughs> say, say words out loud. So, um, uh, should we? So, do you want? I want to talk. I want to talk about this Seth Jones All Star game. Oh thing yeah, okay, with, go ahead with the flu. So, so Seth Jones missed the All Star game with the flu, and there's an. NHL rule stating that if you miss the all-star game with an illness or injury or whatever, you are supposed to miss the game before or the game after, uh, which I guess is to discourage people from just faking sick for the all-star game. Yeah. Now they decided since he had the flu and they told him explicitly to stay home, not get other guys sick to waive that rule in this case. Um, but they played the wild and, and Bruce Boudreaux came out and was pretty pissed about it because, well, he should be pissed because Seth Jones is really good, but it also just screamed of just whining to me Uh, personally. Yeah. Uh, I understand it's the rule, but 
I think it's a silly rule Yeah, to get people to play in a stupid exhibition game. Uh, and I especially think a young guy like Seth Jones is not going to skip out on that kind of game just to skip out on it. Yeah. Uh, Seth Jones is not the kind of guy to do that. Like, if it's Jonathan Taves or, I don't know, like an older guy who's been there, done Sydney that. Crosby? Sure, I get it. Sidney Crosby, yeah. Chris Letang, who shouldn't have been there in the first place. It should have been Shane Gostaspare. I'll hang up and listen. But, no, 100%. So... Not the case with Seth Jones, but I get that it's the rule. I totally get that it's the rule, but I think it's a dumb rule. And I think you shouldn't have to miss uh, an NHL game because you were too sick to play in a stupid exhibition game. Yeah, so I think we agree on a lot of the same stuff. I just think we just dis- disagree on the uh, Boudreaux's reaction. Like, you think he was just whining about it? I think he was whining about so it. Like, I think if it was okay. a lesser player, he wouldn't give a shit. I, I, think... I think he only gave a shit because it was Seth Jones. So if I think he had every right to be pissed though, like even if it's a dumb rule and he's supposed to, if they're supposed to miss a game and you know that it's supposed to be the game that you're they're playing against you, and they waive that so he can play against your team, I think I'd be pretty pissed. Like theoretically, if it was Sidney Crosby and the Flyers played the Penguins the first game after the All Star break, and you know of this rule, and then earlier in the day they're like, oh yeah, Crosby's going to be playing tonight, and you kind of have to like shit see. I was not even that well versed on this rule where they would be like, oh, Crosby's going to play against the Flyers. And I would, I just been like, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I said, well, I think that's the thing is like, it's always been because like, uh, like I think Malkin and Taves missed the game before or after the All-Star break last year. Like, it's a thing where if you don't want to go to the All-Star game, I guess that's ultimately fine. You're just, you're going to have to miss one of those games, which. I agree, it's dumb, but I think it's one of those things. If like if it's all collectively like agreed on, I, I, there, no. there shouldn't be guys that kind of like get the this... from that rule, which is I think why Boudreaux should be. I, I like I think I'd be pissed too. I don't know. That that's fair, but here leads me to my other question: Do should we even still be doing the All Star Game, especially in the middle of a competitive season? Well, I don't think we should have been doing it this year because we should have been watching the USA beat Canada for gold in the Olympics. But that's, that's oh hell yeah, that's yes. we're we doing be watching it. Shane Gostisbehere scoring goals <laughs> all over the Canadian and Russians. Uh, now the Russians are going to get an easy gold medal because they're apparently allowed to play about, now, yeah. and they're going to send a bunch of old ex NHLers over. Pavel Datsuk's going to score a hundred goals. Ah, yeah. okay. So I'm not. I'm going to run through that team real quick, and then we'll get back to this. Datsuk. Uh, Sergey Kalinin, Mikhail Grigorenko, Ilya Kovacek, uh, Shipachev, uh, and then they have Kirill Kaprizov, who's a wild prospect who's going to be pretty good in the NHL in a few years. Um, then they have uh, Alexei Marchenko, Nikita Nestrov, Slava Voinov, uh, which... I, I, Slava Voinov, boom! Uh, well, apparently there's rumors he could come back, and... Um, Boom. Yeah, so I'm not too excited about that idea. But then, then their goalies are um, one of their notable goalies is Ilya Sorokin, who I think I talked about on the podcast like three weeks ago. Was one of the picks he was drafted with one of the picks that the Flyers gave the Islanders. So he's like one of the top goaltending prospects for the Islanders now, which is a fun thing. So, uh, but Great. but yeah, like that team's gonna roll over. Fucking who's he? Brian Gianta. Brian Gianta and the boys. Yeah, and then like. 
Brian Chianta and the boys. Derek Roy and whatever can of misfits are put together. Like, it, like it doesn't matter. Like if you. So we got the bad news bears over here taking on the adults. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you could put like if they should honestly just put one of Dasu or Kovalchuk, 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 Kovalchuk on the second line, and then that's. I mean, that's that's curtains. I feel like that tournament's a wrap. Like they. Datsuk against any of those bumps by himself is going to dominate, and then Kovalchuk against second-tier guys like that is going to be fine, too. So You just got to believe, Craig. You just got to believe that we'll rally together and rocky it up. And, oh, <laughs> gotta believe. Not yeah. fair. I already forgot all the, the names on the USA roster besides Brian Gianta. So. I remember Gianta. It's just haunted me every oh, day I, since. Chris Butler's on there, I think. Another... Who, who who cares? I mean, I feel like this is the thing too. We've made fun of it enough. I feel like I'm gonna find myself like up late one night. I'm gonna be like, well, the game's coming on in half an hour, so I may as well may as well completely ruin my following day and watch this entire <laughs> <laughs> like mediocre hockey game for till five o'clock in the morning. But yeah, par for the course. Yeah. So uh, let's before we hit um, around the league, can we, we should talk about the Rangers real quick. Okay, but real quick, I just need a final ruling. All-Star game, should it even happen? Um I mean, I don't care. I, I It's it's nice for the kids, but I don't know. I I, I got annoyed about it cuz I was just like, "Oh, well, it's the weekend between the uh, between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Yeah. No Eagles this weekend. I'd love to watch some Flyers hockey." And it's like Oh yeah, the All Star game. Like, oh, yeah, shit about the All Star game. God, ah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's why they do it. I guess because that's been a while. That's been the the thing for a while. Now. But now they have a bye week, also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it, like we had the bye week two weeks before. Then we had the All Star break, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. It, it kills the momentum <laughs> in the season. I would. Uh, I would. Be, it just. I would ban it. I don't care anymore. I would, just play the skills competition and call it a day. Well, that was going to say, like, I would be in favor if they made the All-Star game more fun. Like, if they did a lot cooler shit at the All-Star game and players actually went and then they had, like, crazy, like... Like, they were talking... Uh, Freeman was talking about his 31 thoughts. Like, if they had, like, uh, like uh, former players come back and, like, do the skills competitions and, like, have, I don't know, like, Madonna do, like, the speed skater one or, like, Al... I afraid like take the slap shots and everything. I feel like that would be kind of fun, or just have like a like a former NHLer game and make it like three on three or five on five, and just have like really old NHL stars out there just like putzing around. But I feel like for the record, when you said Madonna, I thought you said Madonna for a second, and I was like, I'm sitting here scratching my head. Like, <laughs> well, fuck it. You want Let's see if she can skate? Put her out there, Donna. Yeah. In like a Rockham, I'm gonna be honest like with you. Jocko, I feel like uh, what, I feel like Madonna's was, not gonna be a, that good of a hockey player. I'm just gonna say that. No, probably not. That might be my but, third uh, hot what take, was, but what was the baseball thing they used to do on MTV around the All Star Game? Uh, Rock and Jock, right? Rock and Jock baseball. St- uh, I have Steve. Am I the only one remembering this? Have, Is this thing on? No idea what you're talking about. Oh man, no, it, it, it's probably old. a thing. But I'm feeling old. Was it? George is feeling old. <laughs> Rock em, jock em? Rock and jock baseball. Yes. You got Rock and jock. Uh, all right. 
There, there's rock and jock baseball and rock and jock basketball. This was a real thing that Holy happened. Holy shit, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks yeah. awesome. It looks yeah. It, it was a, so rock and jock was like a an MTV thing they did mostly in the '90s, where celebrities would play <laughs> in the games, oh. but like they'd be completely ridiculous. <laughs> the team names were the Homeboys and the Away Boys. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, so on, the, I'm gonna read all these rosters because they're pretty loaded for whatever the hell they're. If this was basketball, I guess. Uh, Corbin Burnson, Chuck D, Ken Griffey, Jose Canseco. John Bon Jovi, <laughs> Gary Sheffield, Tretch, Brady Anderson, <laughs> former Oriole great, Scott Ian, Dwight Gooden, David Bryan, Richie Zambora, Flavor Flav. While the Away Boys answered with Dan Cortese, Brett Michaels, David Justice, Michael Richards. There you go. Speaking of Georgia, Frank, <laughs> Frank Thomas, Barry Bonds, Dweezil Zappa, uh, Robin Ventura. Uh, salt, yeah, yeah, salt. Okay, yeah, salt. And salt and pepper. Salt, pepper. Salt, pepper, and, and spin. spin. Yeah, uh, Roger and McDowell, spin and then Billy Ragsdall. So that's uh, that's. Now, I I really enjoyed, by the way, your 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 hesitation reading some of these because you're not as familiar with some of these. Yeah, names, they're right? a little bit like, like Dan Cortez was like an MTV staple in the nineties. Oh, really? Okay, and um. Dweezil Zappa is just like Dweezil Zappa. He's just like a weird guy. He's like, you were just like, you read it perfectly, but you're like, Dweezil Zappa? Yeah, I was like, I have. No, it's Dweezil Zappa. You know, do you know who Frank Zappa is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his oh, song. well, there you go. Do you know Bob Dylan has a song? All right, anyway. But there's a. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about the Wallflowers now? I almost, I can almost guarantee you Jacob Dylan played in a Rock'em Sock'em baseball game. Yeah, you know, he probably got lost uh, on his uh, way to a lot of the uh, arenas he was playing in because uh, he only had one headlight for his car. But yeah, a lot of those... Shut it down! <laughs> Shut it down! A lot of those names... Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! Shut it down! A lot of those names were just a little too old for me. So, uh, like uh, like they were, they sounded vaguely... Listen here, I'm on my cane here talking about the Rock'em Jock'em baseball. I know the baseball players. Like, I know, you know... It's rock and Jock. I don't... I keep saying Rock'em Jock'em. Yeah. Like the rock and sock robots, the stupid... <laughs> rock'em Sock'em, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the motion here to myself. Like, we're not on video. No. Nobody can see me. And I'm sitting here doing the Rock'em Sock'em robot <laughs> punching motion. Yeah, by the way... I... I'm officially losing it, guys. Officially losing it. By the way, yeah, when I do this, I, I kind of look like uh, Charlie Day in that episode of It's Always Sunny where he's in the mirror. Yes! And he's got, like, the uh, different arrows pointing everywhere and all the pictures. And he's just, like, he's got like, this crazy scheme where all the males are... Pepe Sylvie! <laughs> no, Char- Charlie, all these people work here, and they're all looking for their mail. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's what... It is, That's why it is. By the way, whiteboard. I'm just like pointing at stuff. Nobody sees it. So that's that's Craig's draft board. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It is. By the way, twelve thirty in the morning, and I am yelling in my basement. <laughs> like I am officially a lunatic. My neighbors must hate hey. me. I need to soundproof this basement. When when Rock and Jock comes a knocking, I mean, you got to get you, the you got to let the fever. Just get that Dan Cortese fever. Yeah, when uh, Papa Gazulia, what was that guy's name? Papa Zizel? Dweezel Zappa. Dweezel Zappa, yeah. When that guy comes, you know, you say that. When Flavor Flav comes a knocking. Yeah. (laughs) 
when Corbin burns in. <laughs> I don't even remember how we got. How did we start talking? Oh, the All Star game. Yeah. So, <laughs> so going back, if the All Star game had a rocket jock kind of feel to it, I think it would be down. Like, what? I don't know. Like, if you had some. Uh, like, if you told me. Well, I mean, Kendrick Lamar wouldn't be, like, scared. I don't think Kendrick Lamar. I want to throw ball, I want to throw guys that you can't even imagine out there cuz like there's obvious ones like David Boreanaz who's like the number one Flyers yeah. fan or like uh or like any Canadian actor pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I I can almost guarantee that Seth Rogen has learned to skate if he doesn't I'm sure he doesn't play hockey on a regular basis. Uh you don't get that dad bod by playing a lot yeah. of hockey, but Seth Rogen. He, he grew up in Canada. He's got to know how to skate. Seth Rogen and James Franco as a defensive pairing uh, in an all-star game. Sean William Scott, a star of Goon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. He knows his yeah, way around probably. the rink. Um, yeah. No, but like people that like people that you feel like shouldn't know how to skate. But like two teams of like cast of TV shows just going up against each other. Like the cast of. Uh, like friends against how I met your mother. I feel like it would be hilarious because I feel like no one would know how to skate and it would be be miserable out there. I just want to see good entertainment no matter what. So if it's bad hockey or if it's like just old NHL players coming back and just kind of going nuts for a weekend rather than like Brock Besser not smile for four to eight hours. Like that was kind of, I don't know. I can do without that. So I, I see him not smiling enough. He's still in the Vancouver Canucks, so he's not going to be he's not going to be smiling anytime soon. So <laughs> no, but, no, yeah, not for many years at this point. No, so. but that's uh okay. Let, let's talk about the Rangers fire sale now. Yeah, so uh, the Rangers are having a fire sale. <laughs> it was a fire sale. Uh, so according to Larry, we went Brooks, with two different references. Was that? We went with two very different references. What was your... Uh, re- My, mine was an Arrested Development Oh, uh, uh, so. okay. All right. And I... What was yours? Oh, God, what was that stupid fucking movie? Um, had William Dafoe in it. It was the two brother... Uh, Boondock Saints. <laughs> oh, Boondock Saints. Everybody's favorite college movie. Yeah, exactly. The, the movie that everybody that was cool in high school watched, and then once you became, like, a senior, you're like, you know what? Kind of dumb. Don't need to watch this, so... Oh, see, okay, we we had that different timeline. Here's where the age difference is coming into play again. It's college for me, high school for yeah. you. Great. Just uh, I'll hang everybody uh, for those listening at home, just make it noted that uh, I am younger than Steve. So, uh, so, but according to Larry Brooks, I I remember the rocking jock, <laughs> yeah. Dan Cortez. That Papa's is Cortez. Cortez. Pa- Why am I saying Cortez? <laughs> Papa Zulio can really shoot the ball. Oh. Um, so according to Larry Brooks, who writes for uh, uh, somebody, he he says the Rangers are planning on being I think the uh, New York Post. There you go, uh, major sellers at the deadline, and uh, I think he specifically listed Rick Nash, Michael Gravener, David Darnay, and Nick Holden, who are all UFAs this summer, and then alluded to McDonough and Zuccarello. So on the one hand, I'm I'm really enjoying this as a Flyers fan. I, I love seeing another team struggle, but on the other hand, I really don't want to see them get any quality pieces for these older guys. Cause that's the smart thing to do. Yeah. I don't want the Rangers to do the smart thing. I want them to re-sign these guys for many years, waste their money and, you know, generally pull a, a Paul Holmgren type move. Oh yeah, baby load up and be that top wildcard spot and then lose in the second round. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, they could do Just that. double down. I think, well, the thing that... I'm... Trade for Evander Kane right now. New York media will love him. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I think the thing I'm worried about is uh, they sell these pieces. They get tangible assets in return. Like, actually make some heady trades. Uh, and then suck next year and be in the lottery uh, to get Jack Hughes and actually win uh, getting Jack Hughes, who's supposed to be, like, the next... Uh, American, uh, like hotshot coming out. Like he's supposed to be like the next awesome Matthews type player in the in the draft. So it's good that it's good that we won the lottery in a down year. When yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I still think no offense, Nolan. Yeah, no, no offense. Nolan Patrick's but... going to become a very good player, but uh, yeah, he I yeah. He's not Austin Matthews. No, no, but. I mean, heck, that's. I'm still. I'm always going to be happy with that draft because they should not have been picking that high. And uh, no, no, I'm very happy yeah, with it. It's so. just like it's just one of those things where you're like, so if the Rangers luck into that, and ultimately, who knows how the hell the Hishier Patrick like debate yeah. or not debate, but showdown is going to go because uh, we'll be, you know, in ten years you can evaluate that. You can't say shit right now. Yeah, I think it's they're surrounded by two different teams right now. Also. Um, I mean, it's a thing where, like, the Rangers could do this and they could sell off pieces, but they could run to a problem that the Devils have had the last couple of years where Corey Snyder was just messing up for him and he just kept winning games despite how bad. I mean, the, Lundqvist is already doing that for the Rangers where he's just winning maybe, games by maybe himself. It's time to, maybe it's time to sell on Lundqvist. Mm, you know, you know. I think you have a destination for him, I think right? I do, too. Uh I think uh, Lundqvist looks like he wants to be a desert dog, and I think he's gonna go, uh, gonna go join those Zona Coyotes out there, those Zona Yotes. So, Ovi, yeah. Lundqvist, <laughs> Clayton Keller, Jack, Hughes, Stepan, <laughs> Gretzky. Just li- listing off people that aren't Gretzky playing anymore. Goes back. <laughs> Brett Hull, <laughs> Mark Recchi, <laughs> uh, Al McGinnis, <laughs> Sean McEachern. Daniel Alfredson. <laughs> Wade Redden. Ken Clee. All the greats. Meet up Wade Redden. Oh, boy. There we go. There we all go. The out in Arizona. So. Ken Clee. Yeah. And, of course, my favorite player of all time, Trent Clatt. Trent, yep. Uh, who could forget? And the Clatt. captain of the team, Mike Mike Maniluk. <laughs> well, I already, I think I personally announced uh, that uh, I gave up on the, um, the long quest of Arizona dream uh, like a month ago because John Chaka. Oh yeah, that's right. John Chaka uh, gift wrapped uh, Anthony declares to the Blackhawks because he's, he's a big dumb dumb. So that's, yeah, it was great. Yeah, That's when I gave Thanks. up. I was like, well, John Chaka doesn't know what he's doing. He's ultimately not going to get Lundqvist and uh, Ovechkin on the same roster. So that's what I, but uh, you know, you live and you learn, uh, you learn that you shouldn't trust as many people as you should. And uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to fall in love with the Coyotes again. So that's where we're at. But um, yeah, so Mike Fisher's coming back. You want you want to look around the league now? Oh, we didn't we didn't even talk about the Rangers real quick, by the way. We were talking about the Rangers. Yeah, but we didn't really go into it. We uh, so Rick Nash, I feel like is probably the Ryan McDonough's a very good defense. I really don't know if they're going to trade McDonough and Zuccarella. I feel like I, I I don't see those two guys moving. They're they're not they're only signed through next year, so it's not like because they have massive contracts. I just man, if you. Those are two really good players. And I feel like Zuccarello is kind of understated because he's a smaller guy, but he's still pretty good. And Rick Nash is one of those guys who, like, he 
I, I feel like he would be a fine addition to your top nine. Like if he was on your third line and you needed like just one more piece of forward depth, I feel like he'd be pretty good, pretty good asset to acquire. But like Ryan McDonough could easily be a, a top pairing guy somewhere. So I'd. I mean, what what do you think the price is for a Nash at this point? For a Nash now, uh, I don't know. For a playoff team, yeah, of course. Why no, else no, would you I'm, want him? I'm saying, like, for a playoff team, like, you're not going to want to trade away assets currently on your team if you're striving. To right, right. Uh, you you want to trade away maybe like would you say like maybe a third round pick? I, I, or higher? I was going to say I'd, I'd have to think it would be a couple picks. I don't think you're going to first for him. I think it would be like a second. No. A se- do you think maybe like a second and a third might do yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. But that. That sounds high to me, but I mean, I'm, if you're I'm, trying to get that last piece. Yeah, I'm really bad at like do it, like gauging because like now fucking Nash is going to be traded for like four assets. Like he's going to get a bigger haul than he got in like Columbus or something dumb. So, but I, I, I just, I feel like Nash would be. Yeah, Columbus, Columbus didn't exactly get a great haul oh, no, they, for him. Oh, no, they, yeah, they nailed it. Columbus, they, no, no, Scott Housen knew what he was doing. He, he nailed it. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Scott Housen. Oh, man. I, I, that was a guy I, that was good at his was job. GM. Yeah. Uh, I think Scott Housen's glad that you forgot about Scott Housen, uh, ultimately. But I think he's in witness protection program from all the Blue Jackets. He is probably sent death uh, Actually, I think he's with the Rangers right now, actually, if I'm... Um, Remembering correctly, so that dude just fucking hates having Rick Nash on his team. So, uh, Scott Hall, uh, I don't, know, I don't think he's anywhere right now. Wait, 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 it's coming up. So, he is, oh no, it says former VP of player personnel for the Edmonton Oilers. It would have been great if he was with the Oilers, oh, God, right now, just considering having his finger- their GM struggles. Just having his fingerprints on two of the best run organizations in the history of hockey the, the mid to late 2000 Blue Jackets and the current day Oilers. That would be. Chiarelli housing, <laughs> wasting Connor McDavid's prime. If only McDavid cared, you know? Um, but I mean, like McDonough. I'm trying Ooh. to think of a team. I mean, I, I didn't even look at the teams where they could go. I feel like they'd have to all go out west, uh, and I feel like I feel like Nash would go to a team like the Wild, that are kind of like on the borderline. He's a bigger guy, so he kind of fits their whole hold onto the puck forever and get quality over quantity chances. Um, Michael Grabner, I feel like he would be destined to go to Vegas because he's just balls fast. Um, and he's the guy that I would like to see with the Flyers, ultimately. The fast type of guy like that. Uh, David Dayarna and Nick Holden. Uh, who cares? They're not really anything special to write home about. Right, like Ryan McDonough and Matt Zuccarello, though, I really would be interested to see if they got... I, I feel like you can't trade either of those guys to an Eastern Conference team. Because like, that would just come back and bite you in the ass. Like They would eventually beat you at some point in time in a playoff series. It would be pretty embarrassing. But... Yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers are selling. I think it's the biggest thing to focus on here, which is good news for us because that means they are, ideally, they should be moving out of the playoff picture, which would make one less team to compete with, which is... I, I already know this is playing out. They sell them off, they make a surge, we cry. Yeah, they could do that. I was going to say, this could lead us to... um, I think we already talked about how the Flyers should trade. They should be sellers, but they're just... I don't think they're going to be, honestly. We did. Yeah. yeah, they're 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 not going to do it, but they 100 percent need to get rid of yeah. Popula because I think Manning, McDonald, all that. Yeah, I think about I think back to the 2015-16 season where they could trade Sam Gagne and Hexel held on. He's like, 
Well, I want to give the guys a chance. So they're, I feel like they're in the same type of spot now. And right. if the Rangers sell and then like another team like. Um, Ron, I hate to break it to you, but but they're going to have a better chance without Laterra yeah. and Philpula in there. I'd rather have anybody. Yeah. I think what well, except Dale Weiss, except Dale. If Weiss. the Rangers sell on the Islanders, so Dutch Gretzky. If uh, if the Rangers sell on the Islanders, so I think they have a pretty good chance of. I don't know. If, yeah. Were you reading the piece earlier about how Tavares not making a decision is kind of holding up the entire trade block at this point? I did not see that, but that kind of makes so sense. I, the, it does make sense yeah. because if Tavares is available, that changes everything. Yeah, and it, frankly, again, if I if I'm John Tavares. There's no chance in hell I am coming back to the Islanders. Yeah. New arena or not, I don't give a shit. They're the Islanders. I'm getting out of town. I think I'm getting that money. I think it's important to note that uh, Steve is not not neither of us are John Tavares. So this is all hypothetical. Just wanted to clear that up for the listeners. But yeah, yeah, think, yeah just to be clear, just to be I clear, think, I don't think John Tavares is currently recording a podcast at uh, twelve forty-five a.m. in his basement. No, it's his life. It might be. It might be. But uh, I would hope he's asleep. Because he's an athlete who needs his training. Yeah, he has... Actually, I hope he's not asleep. I hope he's awake thinking about all the money he could make elsewhere in Philadelphia. All of here. All the money. Playing with Claude Giroux. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Look at it. Claude Giroux, uh, like the top line could just be, uh, I don't fucking know, Wheel, Tavares, Simmons, and then the second line is just Giroux, Couturier, Voracek. Like that top six... Uh, for lack of better terms, uh, would fuck like that. That would just be an incredible top six. Like I don't. That would be. Uh, that'd be pretty. Much... And what's your third line? You, you get Patrick Konechny, and uh, I don't know anybody on the third line. Just anybody? Anybody? Yeah, Raffle. Oh, uh, Oscar Lindblom. Oscar Oscar Lindblom on the third line, and then you got Raffle, uh, Lawton, Lawton, and Lear, Lear on the fourth line. There you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Then you get the old, uh, yeah, you get the honeybees back. So, yeah. You just get one piece and it all falls into place. <laughs> that, what a, that's a, let's, that one billion dollar piece. <laughs> say, let's clarify that. That might that's not a be available. Big piece that is assumed that we'd be getting. So, <laughs> hey, this is what Ron's been clearing room for. You know, I was talking with Ron last night, having yeah. an intimate conversation, having a, a few stogies and sipping some bourbon. And I was like, Ron. Spill the beans, all right? <laughs> You're clearing all the salary cap room for John Tavares, right? And he said, you got me, Steve. You got me. You said... So confirmed. <laughs> put it on your blogs. Put it on all your little blogs, you know. Headline, Flyers definitely going after Tavares. Steve had stogies and bourbon with Ron <laughs> the Hextall. Colon, this is real news, not fake news. Colon, Steve rules. Longer title needs to be longer. Not enough words in that title, in my opinion. So. <laughs> let's go around the yeah, league. Let's, let's go around yeah, the league. Buddy. All right. We, um, we talked about the Rangers enough. I don't give a shit about them anymore. Yeah, no shits given. Mike yeah. Fisher's coming back. Uh, Mike F- tired of living that uh, country husband life. Yeah. T- tired of looking, carrying on every day, which is, I don't know, it's a weird stance on life. But he's coming back. He's going to be probably on the fourth line. I don't know. Like, he, I don't know why he retired in the first place. Like, I, if he was going to play it, like, the comeback now is just kind of weird. You knew the Predators were going to be good again. Why just kind of, like, why have half a season instead of just playing the whole season on a cup contender? Because now you're just pushing somebody out of the way that, like, kind of deserved to be there. 
who's been there the whole time. Yeah. Like, uh, and you might be, you know, ruin that uh, all all too precious team chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the typical Mike Fisher stuff. Am I right? Moving that, moving the whoever the Peter White out of that lineup is out. <laughs> Austin Watson or somebody or like Pontus Oddberg. I don't know. Um, some waiver action this week. Uh, Conan McLeod claimed by none other than the uh, waiver action. Action. Uh, claimed by none other than uh, the New York Rangers. So nicely done, New York. Uh, McLeod has two points in 23 games this year for the Preds. He had a career-high 20 points uh, almost 10 years ago. So good pickup. Uh, Magnus PRV goes from the Blues to the Senators. He has four points in 44 games this year, and his career high is 34 points back with the Oilers in 2010-11. Uh, oh. Usually decent possession guy. He's a negative six point two Corsi Rail player this year, so maybe uh maybe not doing too hot through there. Uh, a bunch. Of- we got a we got a lot of injuries listed here. We ton got of injuries. Nathan McKinnon, Con- Connor Sherry, Zach Bogosian, Marcus Johansson, Gabriel Dumont, Johnny Oduya, Mark Scheifele, Jacob Truba. Good guy. Yeah, uh, McKinnon out two to four weeks with a a UBI class case of UBI. Connor Sherry. Week to week, classic case of LBI. Zach Goshen. I don't know what it is by the by the way this week, but between this and my appearance on Broad Street Hockey Radio, uh, I am all about reading hockey players' names in Irish voices because <laughs> I, I was doing it with Connor McDavid, fastest boy, the other night. Oh, Connor McDavid, the fastest boy in all And now we have Connor Sherry. I think it's just Connor. Yeah, Con- Connor just makes me want to use that Irish yeah, accent. Connor, I feel like well, is Connor kind of like an I don't. I have no idea, but it just rolls off the Connor, tongue so well when you say it Con- like that. Connor McDavid could be a pretty Connor. Cl- like closet Irish name, sounds like. So there's probably a decent amount yeah. of Irish people named Connor. Connor Sherry. Yeah. Uh, Sherry, week to week, LBI. Zach McGurchian, done for season. He's having a hip surgery. Long Beach Island injury. Marcus Johnson uh, suffered a second concussion on the Marshan hit last week. Uh, Gabriel Dermont uh, and Johnny O'Dea are both week to week for Ottawa. And then Mark Shifley was a right arm injury, and Trubo was an ankle injury. Expected to miss six to eight weeks for the Winnipeg Jets. At least they can hang out together. Yeah, there you go. Just hang out in the press box. Have uh, jet, jet-shaped pretzels. <laughs> oh. Jet-shaped pretzels. Oh, that's yeah, – shut it down. Uh, I see here the Knights are banning adults from uh, receiving players' autographs. Have, have you seen this? You heard about this? He's some. Uh, yeah, pretty much just I, I guess they don't want people like adults to kind of sell the autographs, which I guess – In Vegas? Yeah, which – yeah, I know, right? Which is like – all they do, yeah, like, they do. like yeah. Pete Rose has pretty much made <laughs> his entire post baseball career off of selling his autographs in Vegas <laughs> yeah. and wearing shitty hats and apparently doing some other shitty stuff. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> um, uh, the Islanders are to play 12 regular season games next year at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, and then uh, I just put this guy's, I just put this down cause I like this guy's name. Uh, Harry Satiri uh, recorded his first NHL win for the Panthers in a four to one decision over the Islanders earlier this week. I believe he puts together kids' bop albums. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to the lights real quick, they I think they set the record tonight. They had the most wins for an NHL team in their inaugural season. So thirty four wins. Um, they're unbelievable. Yeah, they are. It's just good. speed, speed kills. Uh, and. The other, the Ducks and Panthers both had 33 back when there were 84 games played in 93-94, and the Flyers had 31 
wins in 74 games back in 67, 68, obviously. Um, Matt Barzal was named Rookie of the Month for January. He had three goals, 12 assists for 15 points in 13 games. And then Malkin was killing it. Malkin was a first star this month with 12 goals and seven assists, 19 points in 12 games. Bergeron was second star, nine goals, eight assists, 17 points in 11 games. And then uh, Jonathan Bernie was third star with an 8-2-1 record, 9.39 save percentage, and a shutout. I okay. think we should talk about this Phil Kessel picture. Yeah, let, let's let's talk about this Phil Kessel picture and then kind of call it a night. Yeah. But uh, the Penguins posted this picture of Phil Kessel in some sort of tall machine that goes up to his chest. He is uh, smiling it up. I'm sure it's something for health purposes, but it looks weird. It yep. looks like it could either be a star Wars torture device or a star Wars, like regeneration <laughs> tube or something like, you know, the one that like Luke floats in where he's got all the tubes sticking out of him, And it's like, blah, blah, blah. like it, it looks like it could be doing that. Or it looks like it could be torturing someone. Either yeah. one of those. Yeah. And I, you know, fill the thrills, just loving it. Is it more, so is it, uh, would you say you're happier that Malkin took the picture or that Phil was just doing this in general? I I, want- I am happier that Phil was just doing this in general because yeah. if there's one goofier MFer in the league to be doing this, I don't know who it is. Yeah, I, I saw the video came out. There's a video of it too, like where Kessel was talking to like Evgeny. Like while he's in the thing, and it was pretty funny. I don't remember what they were saying. I was just cracking up. But I think so. I think that's supposed to be like the equivalent of an ice tub. Like a like a player gets like it takes an ice bath after a game to kind of like recover like from bumps and bruises and everything. But right, right. So it's kind of a standing ice tub. I, th- I think so. Like I guess I don't know. But whatever it was, sports science. Yeah, whatever it was, it was a uh, pretty funny. Let 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 to some yucks for uh for these two hockey fans on this podcast. Some lols. Some yeah, lols. So. Uh, yeah. Steve, we've talked a lot tonight, but I think the most important thing we're going to talk about right now is goddamn birds, baby. Go birds! Ooh. Yeah, I am so what? pumped. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, we are greasing the poles in South Philly getting ready. <laughs> we are we are going nuts. I am gonna, I'm preparing my armor to go out this time, just in case I'm hit with another firework. Still healing, <laughs> by the way. Still I healing. Really? Yes. Oh man, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that I, you did take a firework to the ass, so that's uh. Oh, oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. What? It was the leg. I was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was a uh, upper thigh. No, it was lower. You are you are embellishing here, and it's it's weirding me out a little bit. You said you broke your femur. No, you didn't break your femur. No. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I hate you so much. Why are you the way you are? No, 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 no. Okay, so no, I'm. I mean, I'm pumped. Obviously, Eagles in the Super Bowl. This is a second time in my lifetime this has happened. It's also against the Patriots, and it'll be terrible if they lose. But I don't think. I really don't think Philly's gonna like riot and destroy the place if they lose. We didn't in '05. I don't see why we would. I think people would be sad. A couple idiots might go out in the streets, but. I, I don't think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be insane if they win uh, the oh, NFC championship yeah. afterwards was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And uh, I've got a packed house. We are preparing for 
at least nine, but maybe 12 or 13 people in my South Philly row home. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And I got my Hagen dazs today because apparently Doug Peterson, uh, Shiel Kapadia <laughs> put a piece out on The Athletic and the Eagles have put out a clip on their Twitter. Apparently Doug Peterson loves ice cream, loves Hagen dazs specifically. And it's, it's weird. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> I'm just going to read this uh, a brief excerpt real quick from uh, from Shields' uh, piece on The Athletic. He was talking with a few players in the locker room about this. This is uh, Stephen Means, who's one of the guys they use on like the scouting team. Yeah. But Stephen Means, I think he loves ice cream. I don't know, but he gets real excited about it. That's the last thing you hear him say. See you tomorrow. Treat yourself to some haagen or some ice cream. He's the first guy over there, too, after the meeting. Kapadia, and he gets mad if it's not haagen Stephen Means, one time, I don't know what type of ice cream they had, but they had the one he don't like. I think he likes haagen or something like that. <laughs> they didn't have it, and he, it, he was hot. The next week, he was like, did you guys notice last week we didn't have the right ice cream? That's BS. So then the week after that, he was happy we had haagen He's been doing it since preseason, <laughs> so we've been used to it for a while now. At first, everybody just laughed. And then every week it's the same. He definitely loves his ice cream. So Doug Peterson lo- loves ice cream. How can you hate that guy? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty hard to hate. You know, I was really skeptical on Doug Peterson at first, like the, the hiring, but he's, I, I mean, he's obviously put together a pretty, pretty damn good season. And I think just winning the two playoff games in the fashion they did, like each of them was just kind of a testament to how good of a coach he is. And I feel like, I don't know how you feel. I don't know what you think the vibe of the city is right now. I feel like everybody's pretty confident they're going to win. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I'm almost scared by I, it, how confident everybody is. Uh, the the one guy I heard that yeah. right. The one guy I heard that wasn't confident was a guy who there's a guy I work with who was like, "Why is everybody taking off Monday and Tuesday?" when he looked at the calendar. <laughs> like he is that far out of the sports loop that he did not realize how important like oh, Monday yeah. and Tuesday could potentially be and we had to explain it to him, and he said, "What? They're just going to lose anyway." Oh, so like I'm having—that's the one guy I've heard that was like completely negative. Was the guy who doesn't follow sports? So like yeah. everybody I know is like so psyched for this, and we keep talking about parade stuff while fully knowing that this is a total jinx. Like we are just like, yeah, I, th- well, I think that's what the... you, you take off in case there's in case there's a thing on Tuesday. I, I think I I don't know. I just feel like this team's a little bit different when it comes to that kind of shit. Like I I don't think. They've overcome a lot of stuff, and I feel like it's not the classic Philly team where it's just kind of like they, they're supposed to be the team that wins. They're the loaded team. The only option is either win or choke. I feel like this is the other way around. Like it's, I feel like they seem pretty relaxed. They're not right. I, I feel the same way. I, I almost wonder if like Nick Foles is on some really good medication sometimes by how relaxed he always <laughs> yeah, sounds. Yeah. I, yeah, man. Like football's I, football's good. I enjoy playing football. <laughs> I, I got a ESPN update that said Nick Foles was excited to play against the Patriots in the uh, the Super Bowl. So, yeah. wow. Is, wow. Yeah, ESPN is uh, killing it. But before Steve, what what's your prediction? What's your final score for Sunday? Oh God! Oh God! Oh, what is God. your gut? That's a, for, that's a what tough is one. your gut reaction? You think is actually going to happen? All right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there, and this could be used forever to uh, mock me. But 
35-27 Eagles. Oh, there you go. I don't know if that would be a mocking. I mean, that sounds sounds pretty fair to me. Um, I think, um, by the way, Russell Westbrook just pushed the fan. Uh, that's the whole thing. But uh, I think I think they're going to win. I feel like they're. I, I just. I feel like they're gonna win. I feel like they're gonna do it. I feel like the lines don't match up that well. Like I feel like the Eagles D line is gonna kill the Patriots offensive line, and I don't think Tom Brady's gonna have as much time to throw as he usually does. And I think the Eagles offensive line is gonna give Foles plenty of time to pass. So, I. I don't know. I, I want to say. I'm gonna say 28-17, Eagles. Twenty-eight, seventeen. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. I, by the way, I was trying. My apologies if there were some weird sounds in the background. <laughs> I was trying to play Owen Wilson clips of him going wow, <laughs> but uh, I think I'm just gonna have to get one of those radio soundboards. So, you know, uh, where they usually get an embarrassing clip of the co-host and just play <laughs> that. But you need to get that, or they play like just the goofy sounds. You know, I, I need one of those for the show. If we're gonna go full morning zoo. Yeah. Sea dog in the jacket need a proper soundboard. That you need that sound. So I'm starting a GoFundMe. That sound. If you go to, <laughs> if you go to Stephen Craig need a soundboard GoFundMe org, uh, it will be found right there. Yeah, you need that sound, uh, a zipper sound for the jacket, and then you need like a, a wolf howling for the dog. So. And I also I just need from uh, the Dave Bow Bow song. I need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll add to it. And yeah. beautiful. Oh God. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's gonna be a crazy Sunday, and yeah. let's never talk about the Flyers again. No. Oh no, they have a game on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Oh well. If uh, if the Eagles do do the thing, I think next week we it won't be about the Eagles. I think it'll be about uh, future aspirations for the Flyers. Maybe we'll we'll see. I think we're going to we're going to have a little little bit of celebration talk if they if they lose it's just going to be like uh, well, let's go back to one that kill ourselves so that's pretty much what it's going to be so. yeah because now we only have the Flyers and Sixers <laughs> yeah I uh, guess got to be trust in processes so yeah. uh, two games before we speak next uh, or before you listen next whatever you want to call it uh, they host the Ottawa Senators on Saturday at 1 p.m. And then they don't play again until Tuesday in Carolina, where they play against the former Whalers at 7 p.m. Maybe the Whalers that night. Who knows? We'll see what can happen by then, but probably nothing. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Maybe some brass bonanza maybe that night, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll be right back at you, though, with an episode next Thursday. So we'll be recording Wednesday the 7th, and you will have a new flight purbly, hot and ready out of the hot takery at on Thursday the 8th. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. If you have any feedback for us, the best places on social media, uh, Twitter, ideally, at Craig, at Sports Are Bad, underscores in there, all that fun stuff. <laughs> also, Craig's putting, I'm, I'm running out of steam, buddy. I know, it's I know, one, we're it's 1 a.m. Yeah, we're doing it. Steve is tired. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Uh, Craig, sports are bad. Uh, be sure, of course, to read his stuff on Broad Street Hockey. It's great stuff. You can follow me at Estebaum. You can also follow me on the Flyperbole account. I do run that and occasionally post stuff during hockey games, at least when the Flyers are doing well. Also, be sure to check out my appearance on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. I had a great time, thanks to Steph and Kelly and Charlie for having me sub in for Bill. Uh, great time. I was really glad I got to make it into the studio and uh, check it all out and 
uh, contribute to the show. And of course, be sure to check out the Broad Street Hockey Radio podcast. That was a good. Uh, it's usually a good episode. I enjoy this week's episode because because my best friend was on there. Oh, yeah, so anywhere on there too. But oh, it was your best nice friend shows. Hanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I know you and Kelly are close. You know, <laughs> I can just tell in the chat every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Craig, Craig. So. <laughs> well, guys, we do thank you for listening. Oh. How could I forget? Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. Follow the official Broad Street Hockey account on Twitter. And if you have any email, send them to flyperbole at gmail.com. I'm Steve. This is Craig. Until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.